What's this? It's the New Balance, Sebastian. Do you like it? Sebastian. It's the record we've been listening to and enjoying, Barry. Well, that's unfortunate because it's sex. Just trying to cheer us up, so go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music. See if I care. I don't want to hear old sad bastard music, Barry. I just want something I can ignore. Here's the thing. I made that tape special for today. My special Monday morning tape for you. Special what? Monday afternoon. You should get out of bed earlier. Come on, dude. Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next? What's next? Play it. Say it. Little Latin loopy loo. <laughs> Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels? No! The Righteous Brothers. Well, never mind. No, not never mind. You tell me right now what's wrong with the Righteous Brothers. Nothing. I just prefer the other. How can it be to state a preference? Since when did this door become a fascist regime? Since you brought that tape in. Oh, man, that's great. That's the fun thing about working in a record store. You get to play crappy pap you don't even want to listen to. I just, I thought this tape was going to be a conversation stimulator, man. I was going to ask you for your top five records to play on a Monday morning and all that, and you just had to ruin it. Well, we'll do it next Monday. No! We're going to do it now! I can't fire them. I hired these guys for three days a week, and they just started showing up every day. That was four years ago. <laughs> seem extra loud? You're always extra loud. Thank you. All right. I don't sound extra loud to you? Is that just me? Is that in my head? I'm always afraid that the processing gremlins have come in and tinkered with things when I'm gone. Sounds the same to me. Uh, well, you sound really loud, too. What the hell is going... Maybe you should turn down your headphones. Oh, you, yeah. You haven't worn headphones in like a week. Oh, there you go. That's better. <laughs> it's a strange device. Everything seems amplified. It's as though when I speak, something is taking all the vowels and consonants out of my mouth and cranking up their amplitude. I don't understand. All right. There we go. <laughs> Let's all just forget that for a moment. I forgot what happens when you put on the headphones and speak into a microphone. Hi. Be glad I wasn't gone for two weeks. Uh, yeah, and this is all true. Uh, all right, it's uh, four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this, the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along making it part of your listening day. We are once again live. This is really live, not just sort of pseudo-live. Not just sort of 
Scotty's in here irritating Tim for four hours a day live. This is actual live uh, from the partially appointed yet not only ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. It is uh, Monday. and Welcome to day 12. We are uh, back. All of us were vacationing. We are back from our respite and uh, here once again to entertain me with stories of comedy. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. The great thing about that whole Jack Black thing is it actually... It, I was going to play it before we left, uh, but it actually... It's my special Monday mix! So I put it off. And then it's got the whole, you know, because it's the British and the thing, and Nick Hornby and the whatnot. All right. Uh, it's Monday. Hi. It's 503-733-2970 for your comments, your clarifications, your kvetches, your two cents, your what have you. Uh, you want to uh, join us today uh, for uh, whatever reason. Scotty J. once again relegated to his proper place in a small airless room down the hall. Uh, ready, willing, and able to pass along your comments about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the... Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, Two nine seventy. You can also email if you like. It's Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah at nine seventy dot am. Tim at nine seventy dot am. Or Scotty J at nine seventy dot am. All right. Uh, before we get all sidetracked with uh, what we all did and where we all were and who we all took stocky photographs of uh, while we were gone. I resent that. Uh huh. Whatever. How how far away did you stand? I was pretty far away. Was this uh, public information, or did you secretly get the information about I, where she was going to be? Yeah, there weren't a lot of tourists there. It was just me and like a bunch of locals who were walking by on their lunch breaks, and they're like, whoa, Let me ask Sarah you Jessica this. Parker. Without her permission, did you uh, secretly find out where Sarah Jessica Parker was going to be and then sneak up to get a photograph of her that she didn't know was being there taken? There was no That's sneaking. Stalking. Stalking. There was no sneaking. There was a huge Stalking. crowd of people. Uh-huh. No sneaking. That's fine. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not I saying I... I made friends with some paparazzi who just happened to tip me off where they were filming the I'm next saying, day. I'm not saying I disapprove. I'm just saying, let's call a stock a stock, I have we? to say, I, I think I was more excited meeting the guy from TMZ than I was actually seeing all the the people that well, are no, there. That's, no, that's very understandable. I got a whole paparazzi story to tell you later, actually, uh, that we'll, we'll get to. Uh, and blah, blah, blah. All right, uh, let's see. What are we doing? Uh, well, here's what's going well, Obviously, we'll recap all the crap uh, that, uh, that happened to Sarah and myself. We were gone. We'll recap whatever happened here. You have not told me a single thing about England. No, I got a whole, uh, not a whole book, but I got many pages. Many pages of scrawled observations uh, that I made about uh, the trip and the thing and the place and the whatever. Uh, coming up today, here's uh, what we're going to get to on the show that is uh, not just a tedious recap of someone else's vacation. And won't that be fun for you all to listen to? Uh, we should get like a slide projector sound. And then, <coughs> I looked at this rock. Uh, we have a snuff watch coming up today. Lisa Goddard uh, will be... Uh, you guys didn't do, do any CNN stuff while I was gone, did you? No, we didn't do any kind of stuff. No. <laughs> we just sat here. Just sat here and irritated the audience with reruns. Tedious, warmed over, leftovers, covered in aluminum foil and shoved out on the radio. They were classic programs. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the Scotty the Scotty Drunk Show, too, which was the best Did one you play the Scotty Drunk Show? Yeah, we sure did. Well done, Scotty. Due, due to popular demand. Way to, t- way to take did one for the Did he fight it? Was he kicking and screaming? Did no, he, he loved it. Scotty likes the attention. You know it's true. It's true. Uh, all right, Lisa Goddard's going to join us today. Seeing a radio correspondent, James Roop. Uh, we'll talk to Jim Roop, Steve Kastenbaum, who I believe Sarah saw when he went to New York. No? 
No. Why? Because he called me on Friday. I'm sorry, you're not and gonna be able No, to... he, he got called to do that um that combat training oh, for yeah. CNN and he's been waiting for months and this was oh, the, weird. his one opportunity. Well, that's the only reason I booked him. I don't really care about Nina Najad Nina not gonna work here anymore. Whoever the guy from Iran is. I don't care about that. I was kinda freaked out last night because I thought he was coming in last night and I thought that my plane might be delayed because there were all these protests being staged. But I guess he was coming in today? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have deliberately he's, stayed he's away from the right news. Now. I have deliberately not followed the news at all. Uh, we'll talk more about that here in a minute. Uh, well, in any event, so we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, let's see. Halo 3. Big Halo 3 news. Right here. Big Halo 3 news, uh, which uh, includes the possibility of you uh, winning a copy of Halo 3 and or a huge-ass uh, Master Chief thing uh, to hang up on your wall like a sexless dork. Uh... I'll be right there with you, by the way. Uh, what do we? Uh, what else? Well, that's it. I, I mean, I could lie and say there are lots of other things, but I mean, what's the point? It's all just going to be me droning on about stuff you don't care about and didn't get to see. So, there you go. 503-733-2970 if you would like to uh, join us for that. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, we are joined today, as are we always... I'm doing it out of order. Uh, let me just do this first. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification today. This is the wrong order. I know. It's because here's the thing. If I say blah, 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 Sarah, then it's going to be like an hour before you get to talk. Okay. So, because you know she'll start with, and then Sarah Jessica Parker, and then it's just going to, like, a big jack-in-the-box. You know? Well, I spent all week trying to keep Scotty entertained. <laughs> and went nowhere. Were you successful? I was, for the most I, part. The listener emails, uh, for what it's worth, I deliberately, I didn't check my MySpace, didn't check my, it, while I was gone, I, you know, I, I had sporadic internet access, uh, but I didn't, I didn't look at anything until I got back. Uh, and the listeners seem very pleased with how things progressed. So, uh, so congratulations and thanks to you, Tim, and Kristen Bowie. Oh, Kristen uh, Bowie did a fabulous job. Everybody held down the fort uh, with aplomb, apparently. Well, what else is going on here closer to home? A Bethany robbery victim grabs the robber's knife and slashes the robber, sending the bad guy to the hospital. We love stories like this, and we can't let robberies happen in the suburbs without dismembering somebody. <laughs> Who thinks they can get away with that? You can't bring your city ways to the suburbs and think you can get away with it. Excellent. You will be slashed. <laughs> As you're lying in a pool of blood, you'll learn your lesson. <laughs> you'll wonder, what did I do wrong here? Never do that again. <laughs> the Oregon DMV wants a family to return vanity plates with their last name, which the agency considers offensive. Uh, Clackamas County changes its policy on illegal aliens following a crime wave involving them. Isn't the policy sort of, come on, just come on in. Yeah, come on in. Do whatever you like. Do, don't have to get a driver's license, no insurance. <laughs> Hit all our citizens and then <laughs> run away. Let them pick up the tab. Uh, Vanilla Ice gets a speeding ticket. And OJ allegedly threatens to kill his handyman. Ben, really? Yeah. You know, that's not a threat. That's not an idle threat either when it's OJ. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, I'm going to kill you. And you're like, yeah, whatever. And you sort of write it off. When O.J. Simpson says, I'm going to kill you, that's a, that's a threat you pay attention to. One doesn't dilly-dally with that. All right. Uh, so there you go. And uh, all of that. Uh, let's see. Why are people calling? Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. And hello on this Monday. Hey, uh, Rick. Hey. Thanks for uh, playing that high-fidelity uh, clip. That was a uh, weird bit of synchronicity. I'm actually going in for my first day at a music store. Really? Yeah. That would uh, be awesome. Uh, would you? What is the? Uh, would you, do you want to identify the store? You probably shouldn't. Uh, what kind of a music store is this? It is a buy and sell. Excellent. And so this is your what, your first your first day at the gig. Yep. Yep. Uh, It'll be pretty awesome. I'm hoping it's. Uh, I'm hoping it won't be. Uh, 
too much like high fidelity, but at least a little bit. Well, high fi- that would be both good and bad. So, yeah. uh, well, I'm glad we can make your day, sir. Indeed. Thank right, you thank so much, you. man. All right, yeah. there you go. All right. Thought it might be welcoming us back, but no. Apparently, it's too much to ask. Oh, <laughs> life is hard. Didn't right? even notice we were gone, probably. And I probably didn't even know we were ever absent. All right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. We're joined today's Are We Always by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Why, hello, and how are you? Hello. All right. I'm so, doing well. Okay, it's freaking me out, though, because you continue to look like your sister. I mean, you kind of always do, but especially today. I don't know what it is. That is weird. I, I think it might be the hair. Maybe it's the scarf thing you're wearing. Could be. Ah, it's kind of weirding me out. All right. Uh, I don't even know how to... Uh, I, don't I went to New York. Do. It was great. I set out to do... Um, I had a list of things I wanted to do, and I did every single one of them. Okay, did you keep a list of observations, or are we just going to freestyle this? No, I mean, I have a mental list. I, I just did a lot. I um, I don't even know where to begin. That's what I'm saying. That's, maybe I I'll, take, maybe I'll make down. a list, and then we can do our list later. Yeah, I went and saw everything I wanted to see. My, you know, my one of my main goals, and this is the most pathetic sounding thing ever I know, was to see Sex in the City. Well, I was going to jump right to that because that's the one everybody wants to know about. Yeah. So I saw your uh, blog. Now, was that the photo you took? Yeah, that was my only camera phone photo because I brought the one, the wrong cable for my camera. So I'm actually uploading my pictures right now. So they're filming the movie, right? The 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 Sex in the City, mm-hmm. the, the film or whatever. And so now, how did you, if you can tell us now, how did you know where they were going to be? Okay, well, uh, my sister had to work all week, so I was basically wandering around a lot uh, alone during the day, which right. is really fun. Just got to explore the city. I'm walking through Chelsea because Heather just gone to work and all of a sudden I get a text message from Aaron saying get to the get to the Met right now they're filming right in front of the Met and so I got on the subway got lost was all sweaty and flustered and like oh god I missed it finally found my way up to um, Fifth Avenue and got there and, and ran up to the Metropolitan uh, Museum didn't see anything and looked to the left and all of a sudden like there are lights and things everywhere the stand-in for Sarah Jessica Parker was there so I went down there with all these like you know rich fancy people uh, saw the stand in, and all of a sudden, a uh, big black car sweeps up, and there's Sarah Jessica Parker and Mr. Big. Now, does she look hideous in person? She looks gorgeous. Do you think that she's an attractive woman? We should establish a baseline here. No, no, she has a really ugly face. Okay, but in person. But her but body, like, she was, you know, flawless in her body and she her is, clothes. She is, a, from the neck down, I suppose mm-hmm. she's very acceptable. But, uh, okay. But, um, uh, so it was her and what, Chris Knopf? Chris Knopf, yeah. Chris Knopf, the guy? Yeah. All yeah, right. and so saw them one day. Then I made friends with the guy who did the behind the scenes work for Sex in the City, did, like, the documentary documentary and he's working with them anyway he's also a paparazzi guy and he told me where they were filming again so i actually went to another one and saw all four of them doing like one of the scenes walking down the street and then heather and i were in a cab and we saw a guy from nypd blues like really walking right by us now new york now i I haven't spent a lot of time in new york probably my life i've spent a total of maybe a month there uh but i think in new york the whole deal is that their whole uh, their whole shtick is to act unfazed that's the thing like if you're a new yorker see and everyone was just going nuts i mean nobody screamed well the only people that were screaming were like 16 year old girls but Everyone was stopping. They were taking. I heard people on their lunch breaks calling their office and saying, "I'm not coming back today." You know, and everyone's just sitting and staring and watching all the movies being made. That is pretty great because I get. I think in New York, a lot is why I like this John Lennon move there because his whole thing was like, "Nobody bothers you. Mm-hmm. You just be left alone." Yeah, I mean, I. I so didn't the try fact to that they were anybody. making a huge deal about it indicates that it is. I guess as a it's guy, a pretty big I can't deal. really comprehend what a big deal it is. Well, and Brad Pitt and George Clooney were in town as well. Um, filming like literally a couple blocks like away. Like 45 Seriously. or whatever. That must have been Forrest's motorcycle accident. Before? Yep. I, oh, that's the right. Day no, is, is he okay? Is he, uh, I've been so out of the loop, which we'll talk more about here in a second. Well, I guess he we'll was injured. About it. All right. Um, and then, oh, real quickly, and we're jumping all over the place here. What is the movie you were praising on your blog, Tim? The Lives of Others? The Lives of Others. What is, what's the deal with that? That is, uh, first of all, it, it's caption, and it's a foreign movie. It's I'll have German. To read. Yeah. All right. And um, it, it's about East Germany under communism, and the Stasi guy 
is eavesdropping on the conversations of this artist, trying to frame him. Yeah. And all of a sudden, after a while, he starts feeling sorry for him, and he feels, you know, pretty bad about what he's doing. Right. And then he saves... Oh, I don't want to be the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thanks. robot does it. Oh, 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 thanks. Now I don't need to see it. Thanks so much. Go rent it. It's an excellent movie. Okay. Is it, so it's a rental or it's... It's, it's a rental. Okay. It's a all video right. I'm all over that. Okay. Excellent. I saw that uh, at Tim Riley's blog, which could be accessed via rickemerson.com, uh, which is where I did uh, my updates. It's the weirdest thing. Did you do updates when you were I, did, I, I didn't update my MySpace oh, page. Oh, But I updated my... That's not true. I, oh, you mean talking about phone calls? Oh, no, no. I'm not talking let's, about phone okay, calls. I didn't do any phone calls. While I was overseas, I uh, I did not uh, update my MySpace page, only because MySpace is kind of a time black hole. And I knew that I would just I would just lose half an hour every yeah. time I wanted to. So I updated my weblog almost every day, not every day, but almost almost probably, every day, probably four times, five times. So I guess maybe every other day I updated my blog. I uh, gave a couple phone calls in. Did you guys get those? No. Oh uh, yes, we d- we did get one. Which is that? <laughs> I got. Now, I left several messages. Several? I left several messages. There was a whole lot of like, and today I saw this priceless artifact. Oh, I see Scotty about that. How many phone calls of mine were played back on the air? I believe one. How many of Sarah? Did, did Sarah, did you call? No, oh, I, didn't have, I didn't oh. have access to the internet and I didn't have the phone I didn't number. have a phone. But what, Sarah, I sent you Sarah, the phone Sarah, Sarah Dillon did call. Uh, I Kristen did call was. in. Oh, you call? Okay. I called in on the air. Oh, all right. Okay, well, okay. And it was after I'd had my Sarah Jessica Parker sighting. I was a little freaked out. Now, this I is actually... all too much information going on here at once. I really, really did. Eh, let's kind of be like this today. That's a cluster. I'm just saying, I did call. It's, it's goddamn hard to call from overseas. Now I'm, like I'm all hundred... confused who called who when. I called. We had set up a voicemail box here. Oh, yes. Uh, that um, Scotty's typing and screaming. It's my fault somehow. I uh, We had set up a voicemail box here that Sarah and I could call, and then Scotty could check the messages, pull the mm-hmm. phone calls off, and then play them back in here. Because otherwise, to, to call and be on the air live here, I would have to be. And it was some insane, insane. thing. Where, yeah, it'd be like 1 in the morning or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's saying the voicemail box is blank every day. Well, that doesn't make any sense because, well, whatever. Anyway, so I called from like train stations and you can hear oh. things screaming by and they're like, hello, it's taking me an hour to place this call, but I, you know, I feel like Edward R. Murrow uh-huh. during the Blitz just trying to, you know, just trying to, there's fire bombing outside, just trying to like place messages. Well, whatever. Um, so I called, well, that's good. <laughs> In any event, so I updated my blog, but it's the weirdest thing to update your, like a web page here. From like some like some tiny three person town in North Scotland, mm-hmm. it's just the weirdest thing. And then to get back here and to sit, the weird thing actually was last night sitting at my computer at home, looking at the blog, and realizing, you know, looking at the blog on my own, you know, I was checking my page to make sure everything was working properly, and looking at the blog and going, that's the blog that I typed in the, the four person town, you know, by you know, you know, the, by Loch Ness or whatever. It's just the strangest sensation. So that's what it's like to travel, Rick. Yeah, Congratulations. It's, it's, just, it's all very bizarre. Um, it's good for you. Yeah, yeah. So I got all, I got all of this uh, crap to uh, to get to here. So um, Scotty continues to nag. Well, they, they didn't. It's too late now, Scotty. They didn't. They didn't play. They didn't play. There's nothing I can do about it. It's that that ship has sailed. Let's let's just let's just move on, shall we? All right. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. So here's what we're gonna do. Um, in a little while, we're gonna have a segment called "What Did I Miss?" Because I deliberately the only news I didn't check. Uh, I mean, when I went online, I would go right to my um to the blogger and I would uh, to post a blog I would check some of my email but like my CBS email and my corporate I didn't check any of that crap because it's like whatever it's like if we'd gone Spanish or something while I was gone I don't know what the hell can I do about it mm-hmm. so I didn't even check um, it, but I very deliberately did not read Drudge Report Fark 
Google News anything. I the just best stuff happens once you leave. That's what I'm saying. It's like when you went. It's like you left. Paris goes to jail. I leave. OJ tries to shoot somebody or whatever. And, and thankfully, we played that one show. Yeah. When, when I was away, so I, yeah. I got to catch <laughs> up on what it. happened. Yeah, I just saw, I just saw the blaring headlines from like the New York Post and the Daily News and I, stuff, seeing all the OJ. Like between OJ and Britney Spears, it looks like it was the greatest week ever, and I missed everything. Oh, too. that's right. Well, you're, you're traveling in tabloid heaven anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the thing: we're gonna pretend like last week didn't happen. Uh, everybody who sat through all of last week's news, you're gonna get to sit through it all again today, because I'm gonna drill everybody we talked to today about the news as though you all haven't heard it. So it's gonna be second to you, but it's new to me, and so you're all gonna have to just uh, just sit back and, and just pretend that that's you know that it's refreshingly uh, it's refreshingly new as we rehash all of last week's stories. The only news I read was the British tabloids. That's all. I mean, the only news is that's every, fun. every day I would pick up a copy of The Sun. That's it. That was the only news. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't even read like I mean, they have real newspapers there, like The Guardian or whatever. Yeah, The Guardian, The Times. Not in, they don't have nude women in them. So no. every day I would go and I'd pay the 20 pence or whatever it is for The uh, for the Sun. And then I would just... And, of course, in Britain, like all anybody cares about in Britain, there's two things right now. The only things anybody cares about in Britain is, uh, you know, it's whatever, the, this, you know, the football, the rugby or whatever the hell, and that missing uh, white girl, that oh, Madeline yeah. girl. She's all over it New is, York. They have their own the... missing white girl. It's about God damn, it is unreal. Well, and we, we export our missing white girls over there, so they need <laughs> some equal time That's part of American culture they've picked up on. A missing blonde girl? God! Uh, so I'm not going to go on about it because nobody, even I really, don't really care that much. And I was there for a week and I, they, you know, but it's just amazing. I mean, just in print, like, you know, like 80 point type, you know, Maddie Parents grilled by police. Uh, and and the, the British press just loves to give nicknames to people, too. You know what I mean? You're there. In the, I'm surprised I didn't get one. You're in the country for like a day. They issue you a tabloid nickname. Um, anyway, so the only news I read was the British tabloids. So here's what I've got. I've got my book of, of overseas observations, or I've got uh, some small gifts I brought. Which should I do first? Overseas observations. All right. Oh, I would have gone for gifts. All right. I know. And, and I will apologize, Tim. Your pile of gifts is somewhat smaller uh, because I seem to have lost... Uh, part of my, uh, part of my, you know. By the way, I, I lost your present too. Just to let you know, I left it. You in never New York got Post. me a present. I really did. Really? I got you. Well, I got you a New York Post, and it had this really uh, and a really like trashy magazine. Excellent. But then I left them. Oh, well done. Plane. Yeah. So it made somebody's um, day. I just I had uh, I had a bit, some some Sun newspapers, mm-hmm. and I had them set aside in the hotel, and then I lost them, and I was going to get them in the airport, and then we were running late, and I didn't get a chance, and blah blah blah. So I apologize for that, Tim. So that's okay. Anyway, I'll have to go to Britain soon and get my own. Uh, I was gonna say. So, um, all right. Well, let's do the passport. Is still set. Here's the uh, observations that I've got here. Let's see. What are uh, these observations about? Uh, this is just stream of consciousness observations starting. It, there's actually not are that they in many. Order? Yes, they are chronologically starting with my flight out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here's my first observation, and I'll try to get through these as quickly as possible. My flight because it was from here to Ohio to London, and then the same thing back, London to Ohio to here, and so my flight from here to Ohio. I am, I'm running this on the plane. I am sitting next to three children, uh. <laughs> a toddler and a pair of infant twins. And that's the thing where, like, you get on the plane. On your long, long flight? Uh, it was not. It was not five hours. The other okay. one was, like, nine. But it was five. But, I mean, five hours. You get on the plane. I mean, what are the odds? There's 50 rows. You know, 50 rows and six seats in each row. I'm the one surrounded, flanked, as it were, by three children. Um... I am sitting next to the mom holding the twin babies, uh, and then the toddler is right there, too. 
Mom says at one point, tell the nice man your name. Instigating conversation <laughs> no. between me and the toddler. That is too bad. I have done nothing to indicate that I want to talk to her child. The mom <laughs> takes it all on herself. Tell the nice man your name. And then the kid doesn't really want to talk to me. The kid, you know, is like afraid of me or whatever. And so the mom says, don't worry. You'll have lots of time to talk to him later. It'll be a long flight. <laughs> I mean, the kid doesn't want to talk to me, and the mom is, like, pressing the kid to talk to me. Uh, what else? Um, mm, I, I, some of these, I have no idea what they mean. Cocktail sign looks fantastic. I don't even know what that means. Hmm. All right. Um, oh, I think it's because the kids were screaming, which is also this next note. Why? Why, 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 why? God damn, Why? Uh, oh, yeah, and you were by yourself, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because Lara was there. Oh, yeah. Lara was, she was in Italy, and then we met in London, so this is by myself. Um, baby is crying. I am reading a Chuck Palahniuk novel about an airplane crash. Best flight ever. You were reading Survivor? Yes. What is wrong with All you? about an airplane crash. So I'm reading a book about an airplane crash, and there are children screaming right next to me. You know what I realized halfway through um, my flight when we were all talking about shows that we liked? I was sitting next to two other kids. Huh. And I was babbling about how great the show Lost was. Yeah. Over and over again. Airplane crash. Yeah, huge airplane crash. They all have to live on an island. Yeah. And I had the Blood Rock song going through my head, of course. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there waiting to take off, and I hear this, We were flying long, hit something in the air. It's like going through my head. Uh, let's see. I have just been splattered with juice from a squeezy bottle. Ew. The child has not a sippy cup, but sort of like a like a baby bottle kind of, but it's for juice. And the kid, like, squeezes it, gets me right in the eye with apple juice. Oh. Let's see. Bet the parents thought that was cute. Uh, I had my, uh, they did. Adorable. Talk to the nice man. Splatter him with something. Let's see. Uh, I was watching my. I was watching. Uh, you know, I brought my my. Uh, it's like an iPod. It's like a video iPod, but it's a creative thing. I am watching Battlestar Galactica. In-flight movie is Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Technology rules. Because is that a good movie? No. Okay, it looks really bad. No, and I, I'll have more about how bad it is later. But yeah, so while they're watching that, uh, I was watching Battlestar Galactica, which was pretty great. And so you're like, it's sort of a go technology moment. Uh, let's see. Um, Let's see. Uh, and then in Ohio, I switch to the plane that's going to take me to London. I go and I sit down, and I have a we I have a window seat specifically requested a window seat. And I go to sit down. There's a woman in my seat. She is in my window seat. Uh. And I look down and I say, uh, "Hello." Try to be real passive about it. Yeah. And she looks up and I apologize for the bad, but she has the great, you know, why hello there. You know, she has the great British accent. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down, "Woman in my seat. I do not ask her to move. I am helpless against British accent." Mm -hmm. uh, she was just all, like, hot, and she had the great accent, so I'm like, well, I'll sit here. Uh, let's see. Um, so you sat in the middle seat? Uh, the whatever, you know, the, the, the aisle one or whatever, and then we oh, piled okay. our stuff in the middle. Well, because, you know, I couldn't ask her to move. She she was British. Um, I have written down McDonald's. I don't know why. Um, oh, uh, in, oh uh, let's see. Song before song as we lift off for Britain is Bon Jovi singing some country song. This is the most American moment of my life. Immediately before we go to it, it really is like this definitive American moment where John Bon Jovi is singing some song about roping cows or something. Right as we're taking off, it was kind of the greatest song to lift off to. Uh, oh, and you know I have this no fast food, no you know no drive-through food thing. I did this ceremonial thing though right before my flight to London. I went to the McDonald's in the Ohio airport. I didn't know you had a no fast food thing. I don't. I, it's not like I'm hardcore about it but i just you know i wanted to lose weight you know because i used to you know i used to weigh even now i'm flabby i used to weigh a lot more and i just stopped going to fast food uh it's just not a thing i do but i had a ceremonial uh, meal at mcdonald's in ohio right before i went to london i don't know why i felt compelled to i felt compelled to like as i go over to london i'm gonna stake i'm gonna make i'm gonna stake my american identity right now i would like a big mac please so i had a big mac and listened to bon jovi 
Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Um, I am afraid. Oh, this is. I am afraid to use any of my jokes or wit because I realize that so much of what I say comes from British comedy. I don't want to look like a dork. Because I, growing up watching so many Britcoms like you know Monty Python and Faulty Towers, I realize that so many of my phrases and so much of the way I have kind of my wit or whatever it is, a lot of it is kind of British. And I realize if I use that in Britain, I'm going to be like some British guy here going like you know, dynamite. You know, I like like you can't go to Britain I think and be an American and make like a Faulty Towers joke or say like you know you can't you can't go over there and go like you know we have the night to say knee. <laughs> Because then you're just like a retard. That it sounds very touristy. Seriously, it can't even be charted how much of a retard you are. Um, let's see. Um, something. Something. Graph. Oh, have you noticed that they started doing this on flights now? They have a little screen that shows how fast you're going. Oh, some do, yeah, if you're going overseas. It's kind of terrifying, actually, because I look up at some point on the, oh, the map. On the flight. Yeah. Oh, those yeah. are amazing. Yeah. And it's like, but it says, you know, current speed, 630 miles an hour, and you realize you are going half a thousand miles an hour, and you're going to completely die if anything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be injured. You're going to hella die. The, the scary part about that is when you leave the continental United States, you're flying over the ocean, there's nothing showing on the map. No, it's no that it's just there's blue. no land being shown. No, no, it's no, no, and you're like I'm going 630. I'm at 30,000 feet. Mm -hmm. I will be completely full on dead if something happens. Uh, in flight movie is Georgia Rule. God damn, this movie sucks. Boy, Bridget, uh, Bridget Fonda. Um, what, that's one with Lindsay Lohan, right? Yeah, Jane Fonda is so old and ugly in that film. I didn't even know it was her until the closing credits. Uh, in Britain, voice constantly says unattended luggage will be destroyed. Yeah. Woman, even in stores, there's a guy. There was a guy in line because you know when you get there, you have to go through the passport line or whatever. There was a guy. How dumb do you have to be in 2007? A guy who went off to the bathroom, left his luggage, just sitting in the line. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and the British, they like swooped down on it mm -hmm. and they like circled it. And he came back from the bathroom and he's like, "That's my luggage." And they're like, "Why did you leave it here?" And he said, well, I had to go to the bathroom. And, and, and they did everything but just punch him in the face. And the woman, she's like, if you leave this again, we will destroy it and arrest you. I mean, they could. They, they, yeah, it's because they dealt with those IRA oh, terrorists for years. They could not wait to destroy luggage. I heard that over and over. We will destroy your luggage. Um, let's see. Uh, as I am attempting to buy a ticket for a train to take me to the hotel, woman gives me indulgent smile as, my, as I am mangling the name of the train station. A name which is in English, by the way. I'm speaking English. She's speaking English. The name of the train station is in English, but I'm still getting it wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go to Brixton Church Court. And well, because there's a lot of extra Chesters and, and all kinds and of strange things. She, yeah. she gives me the sweetest, most indulgent smile, like when a retarded child is trying to climb the stairs and you want to encourage it, you know? Just sort of a, oh, you're so sweet to try. Let's see. <laughs> Have picture taken in front of Old Bailey. From V for Vendetta. I'm all for that. Yeah, I got a big picture of me doing the V sign, too, mm -hmm. uh, right in front of the old Bailey, which was fantastic. That is how dumb of an American I am. I do that, too. The highlight of my trip was having my picture taken in front of a centuries-old building whose sole significance to me is that it was in a movie written by the Wachowski brothers. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sitting in pub, uh, talking about difference between Portland and London culture, Dandy Warhols begin to play on overhead speaker. This is great moment. How That's cool awesome. is that? That is mo I mean... We were just sitting there talking because we, uh, I will say this, we we made it, we made a very very conscious effort to not uh, do, to not go any place that was American or even touristy at all if we could help it. You know, like I don't want to be like, because what's the go there go to the wax museum? Seriously, why? I mean, it's, and you can't totally avoid that, I think. But we made a very conscious effort to not go anywhere that seemed 
like it was designed for idiot American tourists. So we're sitting in this pub that's, you know, this is kind of strange and beat down, and it's been there since like 1500 or whatever. And we're talking about, you know, how great this is and all the weird differences. And then the Dandy Warhols started to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, how weird is that? That's pretty surreal. And it was a cool moment. We had, as cheesy as this is, we had like a cool little, like, here's to Portland moment there. So um, let's see. Everywhere I go in London, people are wearing Nike clothes that say Oregon Track Team. It's a huge selling fashion. We went to what? one of the stores. We, That's weird. We saw it everywhere, and we thought, well, maybe there's a track team here at a, you know, at a competition or something. And then we went into a store at one point, and that that shirt was everywhere. One of the biggest selling shirts apparently in London right now is Nike wear that says Oregon Track Team. It was so that bizarre. So weird. It was completely weird. Uh, let's see. There is no American equivalent for the word mate. This is an observation I had. Because, you know, they have lad, which is like dude. Yeah. But there's, like, I mate. thought mate was buddy. See, but you couldn't, like, you wouldn't say that here to, to somebody, would you? Because, like, I was having trouble with a turnstile at one point. Like, my card wouldn't let me through. And the guy's like, I got your mate. And I thought, there is no American equivalent to that. Like, you wouldn't say pal or anything like that. Uh, let's see. Um, every culture has their own spray cheese. This is in re- this is in response to the Nescafe, which is omnipresent there. Let me just say this right now. I don't mean to be an ugly American. It's not Lisa. It can't be Lisa Goddard. Scotty, who is this on hold? Lisa's not supposed to be calling for like 10 minutes. Well, I found that Oregon track team Windrunner, as they call it in England, for $64.99, now 45 Really? So, yep, there it is. It is Lisa? Well, okay, well... Uh... I... It says 11.40. All right, I apologize. She's going to have to wait a couple of minutes because i got to finish this up, Scotty. So my apologies. I don't mean to be brusque about it, but I... This is under gents' clothing. Um, oh, anyway, but I just wanted to make this observation. I don't mean to be an ugly American. A lot of great things over there. A lot of whatever. You know, here's something that's not great in Britain. Their coffee. Their coffee is yeah. crap. <laughs> it's terrible. They're not it's, a coffee-drinking people. No, because their whole thing is tea, which tea. is fine. And they have sort of a sop to the, I think, other cultures by having coffee. But, of course, the coffee they have there is either a Nescafe, which is just instant coffee, is everywhere. I mean, it's just it's omnipresent. And even if you don't get that, I would go into a coffee shop, and because I didn't want to get instant coffee, I would say, hey, can you make me like a, you know, an espresso? Or I would get like a cappuccino. Even then... I mean, it was just weak and watery, and it just, it was bad, bad, bad. I didn't go to Starbucks or anything. I didn't break down and do that. But I have to tell you, uh, here in America, we don't, you know, there's a lot of things we don't do well, but there's a lot of things we do well. One of those things is big-ass cups of coffee that have, like, 700 milligrams of caffeine. Um, Let's see. I saw handwritten lyrics to I Want to Hold Your Hand. Greatest moment of life. Um, It's... I went to the, uh, the 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 library, the British, you know, the London Library, and there's a section where you see all of these historical things and whatever. And I'll talk more about that here in a minute with Lisa. But I saw the handwritten lyrics to "I Want to Hold Your Hand," like that the John and Paul wrote in some chick's basement. That's so exciting. Oh, that just, is great. I mean, it. I obviously just saying it on the radio doesn't convey the greatness of the moment, but I mean, it is unreal. It is unreal to stand a foot away from the handwritten lyrics to that. Um, let's see. Saw a coffee shop in church. Uh, there's a, We went to a church that doubles as a coffee shop during the week. It's only a church on Sundays. <laughs> the rest of the week, it's a coffee shop. What? Big, big... Okay, it's, I swear to God, it's a church on Sundays. The rest of the week, it's a coffee shop. Sounds like something out of the Gilmore Girls. Big sign inside coffee shop says, We employ both ex-criminals and people with learning disabilities. I wonder which of these categories fits the woman who is serving me my coffee. Should I drink this? Uh, let's see. Idea. Coffee shop should offer 20% off if you listen to a Jesus speech beforehand. Uh, let's see. 
uh, went to Speaker's Corner. Speaker's, <gasps> Speaker's yeah. Corner. I was just talking about that to my friend. Isn't that a freak show? Speaker's yeah. Corner is just this big. It's like a. It's like a, the middle of Pioneer Courthouse Square, or whatever. But you can just people come and they bring a chair and they stand up and they shout at a crowd. It's like a bunch of evangelic street preachers. I realized though I had nothing to talk about. Laura's like, you should say something. I'm like, I have nothing to say. And then I realized how weird and ironic that was. Uh, let's see. I Am Ugly American Part 3. Lots of products excite me because I recognize them from films. Tango is from 28 Days Later. Giles on Buffy the Vampire Slayer eats Weetabix. I love this country. I recognize products from all kinds of movies. Let's oh, see. Boy. Almost done. Uh, let's see. Um, I am having lunch in Bath Ale House. Bath Ale House has been here since 1650. Muzak is playing Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy. What the hell? You went to Bath? Yeah. Oh, how cool was that? It huh? was very cool. Is that like the creepiest place you've it ever is. been? It is. Yeah, it's very creepy. Mm-hmm. But they were playing Party All the Time and not like as a gag. It was on the radio. Like the DJ was like, that was Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what kind of a country plays Eddie Murphy's Party All the Time? Um, let's see. Um, watching, uh, let's see. Watching European award shows, some sort of European version of the BET Awards. Um, DJ gets up to accept award, says. I am still the best DJ in the UK, and if you don't like it, you can F right off. Crowd does not respond to this profanity. Goes over unedited. Apparently, this sort of thing happens all the time in Britain. (laughs) Um, Finally, best note, as we're coming back through, I note that some of my items set off the metal detector. Some of my items don't set off the metal detector. There appears to be no rhyme or reason. I point this out to the security guy good-naturedly, and I say, Hey, it's weird. Sometimes I set off the detector, and sometimes I don't. British security guy at airport says without missing a beat, quote, Well, maybe we'll catch you, maybe we won't. That's what makes it fun. End quote. <laughs> so there you go. That's just that's my first list of observations. Good job, Rick. We'll, we'll have lots more to, uh, to talk about, and uh, we'll talk about the lock. I, w- I went to Loch Ness. Uh, we'll do that. We'll talk about your New York thing. Uh, news now. What is the deal with Lisa? Now, should we talk to her now? Should we just roll through with it? Yep. All right. Uh, and then we'll do gifts later. It's all very exciting. At least to the three of us here. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Let's welcome now to the Rick from the hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, the one and only Lisa Goddard. Why, hello, Lisa. Welcome back, guys. I miss you. How's it going? It is fa- it's fantastic. I apologize for you having to hold. I guess there was some sort of a miscommunication. Oh, it was, that was all me. I, you know, yeah. I never know 35, 40. Uh, yeah. It's fine. I just I wanted to make sure that we weren't keeping you, holding you up from doing something else. No, it's all good. All good. Nothing going on today, really. It's pretty quiet up here. Uh, well, that, see, but it doesn't matter because for today we're going to act like last week didn't happen because I didn't get to cover any of the crap that happened last week. I deliberately oh. stayed away from the news. I, you know, I, I don't know anything. So, um, right. So in any event, blah, blah, blah. That having been said, I don't really know. Uh, did any, I mean, it's a big, dumb question, but did anything, I guess, if anything blew up, I would have been told about it. But did something big happen last week that I should know about? I, the main event last week was actually something that did not happen, and that is Democrats did not get the votes to pass what was probably their best shot at changing the Iraq strategy. Yeah, but nobody thought that was really going to happen anyway. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you know, some on. Democrats did. And, in fact, it, for a while they did have a great shot. When John Warner, uh, the Republican from Virginia, was bucking the White House, he was signed on to this particular proposal that would give the troops equal time at home as they had spent overseas. And that essentially, you know, while it said, hey, we want to give the troops rest time, that basically would force the Pentagon to lower the number of troops. John Warner was on board that, and it really looked like they were going to get the 60 votes they needed to pass, but 
the White House put on unbelievable pressure, came, came, swooped down with uh, some two- and three-star generals to Congress and sat down with Warner and other Republicans who were thinking about uh, voting for this Democratic plan and uh, turned them around. And they said, listen, we, we like this idea, but the Pentagon tells us they just can't do it and it would hurt the troops, hurt the war effort, so we can't vote for it. And hey, let me just uh, is it. Let me, let me ask you a couple of things at once vis-a-vis sure. Iraq. Uh, my wife and I were sort of talking about this yesterday because my wife, godless liberal that she is, uh, she just gets all of her news uh, from like NPR and, you know, like angry feminist Not blogs. in America, though. No, well, she knows, she knows not to mention that to me. Um, <laughs> I don't think, is there America even still on the air? You know, that is a fair question. We're sort of off-the-air America. I'm sad to say, does it, we're two radio professionals. Uh, we uh, don't know that's not good. Well... For their for their uh, network. That's all right. I'm sure there's a box on the street corner somewhere that uh, Randy Rhodes can stand on the top of. Um, she, can, she can go to Speaker's Corner. It was, I was, it was so weird, though. Like, can I just dovetail for a second? I don't know if you heard me talking about Speaker's Corner, which I had heard about but it had never seen. And it's just, I mean, forgive me. You, I mean, you probably, I mean, you probably know all this. You sound like you're very world-traveled and so forth. But, I mean, it's just this huge, vast expanse of concrete in a park. And I guess the deal is on Friday or Saturday, or I think it's Saturday, um... You, you can just show up with, like, a chair, and you stand on the chair, and you can just hold forth, and people gather around you. And probably in this one, I don't know how big it was, probably 100 square yards, three, 400 square yards maybe, um, there was, like, ten different guys standing on chairs screaming at people who would walk by. And it was sort of like there would be a couple guys who were really good at it, and they'd have crowds of, like, 40 people around them. And then off in the corner, there was, like, one guy who literally was talking to one person. And I just felt so sad for him. There was Here's the best moment at Speaker's Corner, though. There was this, um, it was a really tall man who bore an uncanny resemblance to Chuck Berry, sort of in his prime. Okay. And he was standing there on his chair at Speaker's Corner in London, and he's holding forth, and he did at several points use the phrase, when the white man is finally eradicated. And then I look around, and most of the crowd listening to him is white, and at the end, we all just applauded, like you just sort of felt like you had to. And he finished with like, and then we will be free of the white devil. And there was a pause, and we all kind of went... Well, then, all right. And we just applauded. It was just a fantastic moment. Um, anyway. I love that. That's great. So, uh, what was I saying? Iraq War. So, Iraq War, right. War. So, there's a, right. a couple of things. So, A, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. This, whatever this ad is that MoveOn.org took oh, out of the New York Times. That, that was a factor, I think, last week. And I, I believe that Republicans who are on the fence, who had been looking for something to vote for to oppose the war, like, for instance, Gordon Smith. Uh, this MoveOn.org, the pressure from the White House, and then the MoveOn.org the move sort of gave them cover to say, hey, we're not voting for this now because you went after this general who is respected across the board. I, I think in the end there was huge political fallout from that ad that said, you know, General Petraeus or General Betrayus. Uh, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of fallout. You know, and it seemed pretty obvious to you know the peanut gallery up here in the – uh, the the attic above the Senate press gallery. I was a couple of radio reporters that are up here. It, it really did feel like a, a couple of those MoveOn.org 22-year-olds were drinking at a bar and saying, "Hey, Petraeus." But that's, uh, see, Petraeus. Is, I've been, a couple of things. A, just because I've been I've been wanting to, to pitch about this. The, the, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a big bleeding heart, which everybody knows, but that's just stupid. The the you know Petraeus Petraeus. I mean, that's just it's just 
lazy and just beneath everybody. I mean, as I think Dennis Miller actually put it this way, that it, it really, it, it's, it's just sort of cheap and, and not even cheap in a good way. They literally, it's like they literally just discovered like, well, it rhymes. We have to use it. Right. You know what I mean? It's just dumb. And that's the sort of stuff that makes people hate groups like moveon.org. It feels to me like the kind of thing that you see from the Republicans and the Democrats that comes out of right. uh, these guys and girls that were college Republicans or college Democrats and, and took it way too seriously at the time and, and, and did these kind of mean, you know, we're going to turn over your sign and paint a mustache on it's your guy. Just, it's just so kind of tactics. dumb. And now we're seeing these, these outside organizations take on that kind of uh, snarky, frankly, annoying kind of tone. Just, it, how far does that yeah, get you? It's just yeah. ridiculous. And I mean, it's, it, it, there is something to be said for, for you know, wit and for, for, for humor and for sure. being, you know, sort of clever about it. But I mean, that is, people always hold up Michael Moore as being some sort of polemicist who just, you know, but, but that is so like hundreds of levels below what Michael Moore would even have done. I mean, it's just dumb. And it's the sort of thing that it makes people detest the left and organizations like MoveOn.org. And then, but now, am I correct in saying that the, the, the Congress, uh, which I helped to support with my many tax dollars, that they actually took time out, though, of their schedule to have some sort of a resolution condemning MoveOn.org? What happened is as part of this greater debate, the whole Iraq debate last week came up because they were passing the defense authorization bill. And so as part of that debate, Republicans introduced a resol- an amendment to this bill that, is, that, would, that condemned MoveOn.org and what MoveOn.org did, and that did pass. All right. Well, so, it, it, you know, I think, I think it was uh, with 72 votes. I don't have that. And then there was some insight about it, how it passed very easily. I think Democrats could read the tea leaves there and, and say, hey, we're not picking this battle. Some, some of them did, but most of them didn't. Well, then there was something that a Hillary uh, didn't vote for it, and Obama didn't even vote. And whatever, You know, it was right? interesting. Yeah. Right. There was uh, Obama didn't vote on that. And also, I believe uh, there were some other interesting presidential Iraq votes. We were talking about all these uh, amendments that didn't succeed. One of them was was the idea of cutting troop funding. Uh, we had that vote on Thursday, I believe, and Chris Dodd, wait, let me make sure I get this right. Uh, no, I'm mixing this up. Back to that Webb Amendment, which is the equal time for, for rest at home and deployment overseas, that Democratic attempt at trying to manage the war a little bit, trying to restrict the number of troops. Chris Dodd voted for that same idea in July, and then he changed and voted against it last week, which was an interesting tactic for a Democratic presidential candidate. But he said, look, I, I just don't think that this is going to work. Yeah, all right. Um, well, I feel like I ought to have more to talk about because there's been a whole week off and whatnot, but I, I got Well, nothing. isn't it sad? Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's not so much. You know, there there is a lot. I think people who are real policy geeks like me, you want to watch the battles over spending right now, the battles over the national debt. We are approaching our national debt limit in the next few weeks again. What does that even mean? Well, it means essentially that Congress, the Congress, a lot of the money that Congress spends is borrowed money. And... Congress has set a limit for how much money the U.S. can borrow, and we are yet again at that limit. Is, and if we don't, if they don't reset that limit, they can't spend any more money. Essentially, it's it's basically maxing out the credit card. But Congress is in charge of its own credit oh, card that's limit. Right. That's wonderful. As Doyle Redland might say, I think it's about time that we take out a debt consolidation loan. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Subprime. I don't know. But that's a, I think a really interesting story to watch. And then also, there's this huge little Hatfield McCoy 
battle over the spending bills that keep government running. Every year, each agency has to have its own budget passed by Congress. And you know, they always, they, lately, they always wait to the deadline. The deadline is this coming Saturday. If there's no new budget bill by Saturday, government agencies will have to shut down. Excellent. I know you like the government. I do. I have a feeling that they're going to come up with some Band-Aid that will give them temporary funding for a couple months while they work out the deal. But the White House and Congress are are going at it over this. So keep your eyes open. Excellent. All right. Uh, Are you on tomorrow? I will be here tomorrow. Fantastic. We will have speaks with you then, as they say. So uh, until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Good to be back. Yes. All right. Thank you. Lisa got it. All right. uh, Before we do anything further, let me... Uh, a little bit of geek news here. Halo 3, 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 uh, tonight. So, uh, without further ado, let me say this. Tonight, AM 970, we're going to be uh, on site, as they say. We will be at Circuit City, Jansen Beach, uh, tonight for the midnight launch of Halo 3. We're going to be there from 11 o'clock tonight till 1 a.m. So, from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. tonight at the Circuit City, Jansen Beach, uh, AM 970 will be there. Uh, we're going to be giving away copies of Halo 3. Uh, around midnight plus playing Halo 3 on the big screen. Uh, and if you purchase a copy of Halo 3 at that time, you're going to get a free, f- I swear to God, this is real, you'll be getting a free four foot Master Chief wall graphic while supplies last. last. The, uh, Halo 3 is a video game, right? Yeah, the squinting of the eyes over there is really wonderful. Well, how, you're watching it, like watching someone play it? Yeah, well, because nobody's, I mean, people have seen the beta and stuff, but, you know, most people haven't seen the real, the real Ooh, game. So, I see. Uh, and you get to play it on a big screen. I, trust me, there's. If you have a Y chromosome, it's very exciting. Uh, and if you purchase Circuit City's, <clears throat> pardon me, Circuit City's Gamer Savings Club, you get 10% on video game accessories and PC games. Tonight, AM 970 uh, will be at Circuit City Jansen Beach for the midnight launch of Halo 3. Our good friend Richie Bristol, among others, uh, will be there. So that is tonight. Tonight, 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 tonight. We'll be mentioning that like a thousand more times. What time What time is it really? Because my watch and my computer say two different it's times. It's exactly 11.50. All so right. we should probably take a break, considering we missed the first one already. And oh. we're going to be so far behind. All right. Fantastic. Uh, so coming up, all plays in the break here. Coming up, we got, uh, uh, yeah, we'll do presents. We'll talk about uh, Scotland presents. a little bit. New York a little bit more. Uh, Tim Riley, have, uh, pardon me, the news coming up. Steve Kastenbaum, Jim Roop, uh, and all these. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson program, once again live from Portland, Oregon. You stay there. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We return after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970. Solid State Radio.
Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Not even waiting for the post. So anxious am I to uh, share all my thoughts with you. Um, we want to give a shout-out to James and Chelsea at the Sophie Island Kennels. Because uh, I went out there, um, whatever it is, last, not last week, whenever, right before I left. I took Max there. And I walked in, and I have, you know, and the woman... She says, you look familiar. And I for, I didn't even connect it with the fact that she might have been a listener. And I said, I said oh. And it was just where my mind was elsewhere. And I was just like one syllable. You look familiar. And I went, oh. And just stared off into space. And she said, you look like that Rick Emerson guy. And I said, well, I am that Rick Emerson guy. So they took, uh, this is not a plug. I'm just, well, it is. It was not for consideration. Attention, legal department. Uh, Sylvie Island Kennels, James, Chelsea, and everybody out there. So thank you for listening. Uh, they did take great care of my dog. So, uh, and they blow dried him. I came back. He looked like he was all fat when I came back, but I think it's because I just had given him a bath and whatnot. So, uh, anyway, so thank you to uh, everybody at Sylvie Island Kennels uh, for listening and for, uh, you know, treating my poodle uh, with, uh, with a plomp. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A cop of the coup lost control and cranked up his police car this morning. He didn't suffer life-threatening injuries. He's going to be out of the hospital at some point today. There's a chase started about 1 o'clock in the morning when the officer spotted a car driving erratically and speeding near Northeast 63rd near I-205. And then the officer's uh, patrol car flipped and landed on his roof while he was chasing him. The suspect in the passenger in his car took off on foot. A canine team eventually tracked down the pair, both of them to get to the hospital as well. Their injuries uh, aren't serious. Uh, the driver, whose name hasn't been released, has an outstanding warrant for his arrest. Outstanding. <laughs> it's a really great warrant. It's wonderful. Meanwhile, all you people who think you're going to bring your big city crime to the suburbs... Think again. Think again. 17-year-old boy was sent to the hospital after he and another teen tried to rob a guy outside of Albertsons in Bethany. 18-year-old Tyson Ivey was arrested along with a 17-year-old suspect as they attempted to rob a man in the parking lot of Bethany Albertsons. It happened at 2.30 in the morning. Doesn't matter what time you come over looking for trouble, you're going to get it. And like half the CBS Radio Portland uh, staff lives mm-hmm. like in or around the Bethany area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is, I mean, and then I know, and they're a brutal people. They'll yeah. uh, they'll give you a beat down if you cross them. We won't tolerate that. <laughs> Cut off your limbs next. So uh, what is it? So he he got stabbed or he was trying to rob somebody? He was trying they... to rob somebody and the victim took the knife and slashed him. Good like for you. Like a slasher movie. Excellent. For good. What, do we have the victim's name or the, you know, the, 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 the would-be uh, uh, victim? Let's see. Uh, we don't have the uh, would be in the look at the. Uh, I would okay, th- he's 24 uh, year old Andrew Cantwell. Congratulations, Andrew. Well done, Andrew Cantwell. God bless you. You should have set them on fire. <laughs> at least I would. You should have stabbed him real slow. Mm-hmm. Just, just sort of a more of an elongated poking. Apparently, the two misguided teens that are in a Nissan pickup truck uh, approach him, pull out a knife, demanded his money. Cantrell uh, told police he took the knife away and stabbed one of them. So yeah. there. Not so funny. Then they now. ran away in the red pickup truck. Little hooligan bastards. Now, the inside upholstery is a little bit red. <laughs> you should just start wearing red clothing from now on if you go to that part of the city. So stay out of our suburbs. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Hillsborough police are looking for the public's help and finding out what happened to a man who was found badly beaten next to a Hillsborough uh, tavern. Uh, apparently, an unconscious man was uh, found at Joe's Pastime Tavern. Where the pastime apparently is beatings? Yes, apparently so. Uh, the man's body temperature dropped to 80 degrees, and he had three contusions to the head. They're not sure why he was assaulted. Then, uh, I don't know what's going on. Well, it's Gresham. 
It was a massive 150-person brawl at Northeast 162nd and Burnside. Didn't they just have a brawl they in Gresham? They have a brawl every night. Oh, that was Clackamas, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, this is Gresham. Forget it, Jake. It's Gresham. And uh, let's see. It was east of Portland, west of Gresham. Many refer to the 162nd Avenue area as a no-man's land. Apparently, it is. And uh, <laughs> Of course, they're all dead. It's a no-man's land now. They've all, they're all dead or in jail. Others who live in the area have gotten used to the violence that has erupted along the Max track. Several beatings, stabbings, <laughs> shootings this in the past six months. 162nd and what? 162nd and, uh, let's see, I believe it's Burnside. That is not too far from where Sarah and I filmed an ill-fated television program uh, during the last unpleasantness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty much in the same area, and boy, it's just a whole... Just a whole... It was scary. One big stinking And, and it's nice yeah. of them to, to build a max stop right there. Yeah. No, well, it's... they just open the doors and release you they should, into the wild. They should they should pitch that as some sort of an exciting tourist event. You know what I mean? Like it. You know what I mean? Like when you uh, like you can buy those tram trips or whatever, the, mm-hmm. the train that take you through the Serengeti, mm-hmm. where like they put you on a monorail and you go through the Serengeti and you, you, you pass by leopards and... T-Rexes or whatever, they, they ought to sell that as some sort of an adventure tour where you get on the Max and you actually have to pay more. You have to pay like $10, mm-hmm. but they'll take you right through the heart of deepest aggression amphetamine where you can just uh, you can just see uh, just stabbings and lootings and burnings on either side. Tell it as some, some kind of a thrill uh, ride. Yeah, some poor cop got in trouble for doing the very unpc thing of saying, you don't want a Max stop in your community. It'll attract plenty of crime. Well, it's and true. I wouldn't ride on the Max at night. It's full of criminals. We know it is. It's all true. You oh. know, even during the day, I, I wouldn't ride it without my pepper spray. And no. I'm ready to use it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> at the slightest provocation. <laughs> you should not establish eye contact. You should, you're our own Portland's own uh, Bernard Getz. Yes, I am. Just a, hello. Do not try to befriend me. <laughs> Do not try to befriend me. Try to befriend me? That's a beating. That's a that's a peppering. The max is dangerous. <sighs> Excellent. It's dangerous because Tim rides on it. More than <laughs> you're always and you're always macing people. That's what makes it dangerous. If you I, try to talk to Tim, he'll stab you in the eye. And I, <laughs> I have three different sizes. <laughs> three. What? Uh, three different sizes of mace container. Oh, okay. I laughed at that I, and I then realized I didn't know what you were talking about. No, I don't about. have the same one at every occasion. My car has a different one. I have a different one at home and a different one that I carry on yeah, me all the, the time. The traveling, uh, the, uh, the 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 tot size. Uh-huh. Don't leave home without it. The mace hat. Yes. For the for today's busy newsman on the go. Excellent. Well, Clackamas County has reported even more foreign-born drunk drivers over the past month than the past 18 months combined. Uh, this is a big crackdown, apparently. And of course, now we have illegal. We had illegal aliens uh, allegedly killing some young girl. Well, we know that he did allegedly. it anyway. Yeah. Um, and now there's a public outrage over all this. Well, the Oregon State Sheriff's Association says across Oregon, jails are making more referrals to immigration officials. Now, Oregon law prohibits local law enforcement agencies from actively looking for illegal aliens, but the law does not stop police and prosecutors from reporting people after they're arrested. So that's what they're doing in Clackamas County. Now, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was. It was state law. Uh, let me understand this. If Oregon law. If you get pulled over for drunk driving. They may not ask if you're an illegal alien. Now, see, but that's just crap. Like, I, I can understand saying that the cops shouldn't, you know, that they have better things to do than to be actively knocking on doors everywhere. Which but, they're not. They're making a routine That's stop. what I'm saying. But, I mean, if, but, if, but if they catch you committing a crime, mm-hmm. well, isn't the first thing they do is to say, where's your ID? Mm-hmm. Is there, let me ask you this. Is there, um, is it a crime to not have ID? It's not. No, because I see, I see people being asked for IDs on the max all the time, and they don't have it. And cops just say fine. Sort of shrug. <laughs> but I mean, so I uh, only white people have to have IDs. That's true. I uh, so uh, 
Okay, so I, I'm all for the cops, I guess, busy solving actual crime and not being out there like actively looking for illegal aliens. But if they, they don't have to, but if they stop you from mugging somebody or drunk driving or whatever, and then it turns out they should, are they allowed to say like, and by the way, are you an illegal alien? No, they're not. Well, that's a bunch of that's a bunch of hooey, is what that is. That just doesn't make any sense at all. That's just an impractical use of police resources. So now apparently they found that they have a, a, a thousand illegals in the Oregon prison system that your taxes are paying for. And, uh, well, they should have been deported. Seriously. So now you're paying for all these idiots. Thank you, Del Monte, and many others. Uh, the pilot and passenger of a single-engine plane walked away uninjured yesterday after the engine failed, forcing them to land in a freshly plowed field. Luckily, uh, they found one. Creepy. This happened in uh, Woodland, Washington. The pilot of a Cessna 150, which are death traps. Uh, the pilot That's his is... name. The pilot is from Beaverton. The passenger is a 15-year-old boy from the coup. It's unclear what caused the engine to fail. The plan is used by Aero Maintenance Flight Center out of Pearson Airfield in the coup. Yeah, so I'm, as I was flying, by the way, and I was uh, I was sort of asleep for a lot of the flight, so I didn't, I didn't get a lot of the uh, terror about being over the Atlantic with just water in every direction. Mm-hmm. But when I was, I always get the window seat, except when some British woman steals it from me. And I was looking out, and I was sort of, you know, you just you, you do start to think about, you know, what happens if just maybe one engine goes out. Not all of them. What happens if just one goes out? Do you just fly in a circle? Is it like losing one oar on a boat? If you just lose a, 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 an engine on one plane, you just fly in, in circles until you hit the ground or the water, as the case may be. And, of course, they put the thing right in front of me, like seat cushion may be used as flotation. Like, for what possible purpose? Well, let's let's interview all the people who have done that in the past. Yeah. Let's, let's, find, let's show them on the video. Let's find one person who has let's used a flotation device. Oh, yeah. never plane. happened. And, 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 like, for what possible reason? Do you know what I mean? Like, floating in the boat so I can preserve myself so the sharks will have more to eat? I am the sole survivor of a plane that crashed into the ocean. But there aren't any, are, are you there? quoting something? No. You sound like being... something there. You really did. I you thought did... you were reading. What do you know, sound like? Oh, you sound like Ellen Ripley, an alien. This oh, is Ellen Ripley. That's exactly who I was going to be. Romo. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I, don't know where to, I don't know where to start. Now i got three outrages to, to, to voice. You, you, have, folks, you folks are geographically challenged. You have what? You have three outrageous to voice? I have three outrages to voice. Outrageous. Are these going to be chronological or alphabetical, sir? Uh, chronological. Number one. 162nd Burnside is not Gresham. Cops stop saying that. What is it? It's Portland. Well, then what's Do Gresham? you live out there, sir? What's that? Do, do, you, live do you live there? Yes, I do. Oh, now we understand. Of course you don't want to admit it's Gresham. <laughs> it's not Gresham. The line stops at 174th. Uh-huh. Sure. The right line between Gresham and, and, and Portland. And you're going to fight this out with the cops. Because they're saying it's Gresham. Take it up with your parole officer. <laughs> I know you have one, too. My parole officer is in prison, so All I right. can't. All right, so now listen. Yeah. Now you're, aeronaut- you're aeronautically challenged. Uh-huh. A Cessna 150 is one of the safest airplanes in the world to fly. Just ask the guy who crashed in a corn maze or whatever the hell it was. Oh, he, at least he got it down, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, all right. Well, credit for that. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't stick it into somebody's house. Final outrage? Final outrage, when you lose an engine on an airliner, it doesn't go in circles because what they do is they tell all the passengers to go to that side of the airplane. You're making and that up. And, that, and it balances the airplane out so it flies straight. You're making How many up. cases of this have happened? Are you making this up or not? Well, I'm an aeronautical engineer. No, I know not. how these things work. You're not an aeronautical engineer. As far as you know, I am. Bye now. All right. There you go. There's that guy. Right. I say Northeast 162nd and Burnside is in Gresham. The cops totally... Well, the, the, the cops call it Gresham, right? Yeah, we all do. Who? Where was that news it story says, from? 
A No Man's Land. It's from the AP and KGW. The associate, well, KGW can be discounted, but the Associated Press calls it Gresham. Who, but it's a no man's land. We know that's Well, you know, he doesn't want to admit it because he lives there. Of course yeah. you don't want to admit the discretion. That's like, um, uh, God, what is the other example? Oh, you know, it's like, um, God, what is it I'm thinking of? Minneapolis-St. Paul? Is that the thing where it's like Mark Baumgarten, who did that great profile on the show for the Willamette Week, is mm-hmm. from the Twin Cities, which are Minneapolis-St. Paul. And he told me something. I forget what it is. It's that I think it's that Minneapolis is considered like the more upscale of the two. And so... People from St. Paul just say they are from Minneapolis. That's the deal. Like, no one says... I guess it's quicker to say. Well, it's like if you're from if you're from SeaTac, which is a, a tiny little asshole of a town mm-hmm. known only for its, like, gambling and, and, and liquor. Uh, if you live in SeaTac, which is just one of the worst places on earth, no one who lives in SeaTac says that they live in SeaTac. Everybody who lives in SeaTac says they live in Seattle. No, mm-hmm. where do you live? SeaTac? You know, no one's going to say that. So where do you live? Seattle. So, of course, that guy who lives in Gresham is going to deny it. 162nd and Burnside, we're told it's Gresham. CBS so it's Radio News has decreed that it is Gresham. It is. That's like how... We're um, recolonizing it. I think it's part of Gresham. That's like, a, what was that? What the hell was that country a while back? It was, I don't know, Ziknikistan or whatever. Some A while back where, like, the government issued a thing saying that pi equaled three. Like they just decree, the, like the guy who ran the country. This is a real story. It was just a couple of years ago. The guy who ran some dirt cave of a country somewhere, he couldn't grasp that pi was like 3.14 on forever, and so the government just put out a decree that said pi equals three. Like they just stamped it, and like that was like that was the law. Like the law was that pi equals three, which is the same thing the Bible says, by the way. If you read your uh, King James Bible, you know that according to the Bible, pi equals three. So, yeah, the guy just issued, like, a proclamation. Like, from now on in Zikningerstan, you know, in, in, in Zik, Zik Wakalalamanda, uh, pi is three. So there, so we are decreeing uh, where you live, sir, and that is uh, Gresham. All right, here's Jim Riley. So get used to it. Yeah, in your face. If you don't like it, move to southeast where Gresham people are more civilized. <laughs> How sad. How sad that that's true. Take a step up. Take a step up to... Uh, to Come to where they come to southeast country. Well, let's talk about uh, this this crazy guy from Iraq, who's uh, apparently uh, in New York today. Yes, he is. The Iranian president. I'm not even. Gonna, oh, I'm not even. Gonna oh, is this? No, 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 one of the students posed the question, why do you provide aid and support for terrorists? Because it's fun. He okay. answered that question by saying the Iranian nation is a victim of terrorism and that terrorism groups reside in the U.S. The same terrorist group today in your country is operating under the support of the U.S. administration, working freely, distributing declarations, and their camps in Iraq are supported by the U.S. government. That's not the actual person. That's his uh, translator. His shorts are a little tight. Yeah, right? they are. Who is? Who is? Uh, wait, I should know this. He's the Iranian president. This Mahmoud. Oh, oh um, Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad. Jad. Well, whatever. Um, so, well, yeah, I guess dictator we're gonna, with a long name. We're going to talk to uh, Steve Kastenbaum about him later. I guess this falls into the category of crap that happened while I was gone. Mm-hmm. We, I meant to do that last hour, and this hour doesn't. We don't have time this hour, so we'll do it next time. Next hour, we'll do things I missed while I was away. So he's here and screeching about something. Uh, oh, oh, listen! Oh, this is his. Oh, oh, he. This is the guy. He. This is okay. He said here. That shabbly looking guy has made statements suggesting that Israel will be wiped off the map. Um, I remember this guy. This is the guy who about three months ago mm-hmm. denied 
he was talking about the, uh, as he put it, this is his phrase, as he put it, the alleged Holocaust, which, right, that's sort of a handy thing for somebody to say. In a way, it's sort of expedient when somebody says, well, the so-called Holocaust, because then, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay attention to anything else they say. Like, you just, that tells you all you need to know, and you can just sort of disregard from then on. But, and if you see how badly they make suits there. Remember when they took those British hostages and put them in those baggy suits? <laughs> Those are suits. Oh my God, I'm talking about how he's a Holocaust denier, and you're all angry about his fashion and his clothing. Um, but this is the guy who, I swear to you, in like two sentences, he, in his first sentence, he denied that six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. He just said, well, that is, abs-. I'm giving him a British accent, but whatever his accent, he goes, well, it is absurd to suggest that six million Jews could be killed in the Holocaust. And then, like, I swear to God, in the next sentence, he actually then said, Something to the effect of how he wanted to kill all the Jews in the world. Yeah. So it was absurd that six million Jews could be killed in the Holocaust. That was ridiculous. Yet he wants to kill six million Jews. So there you go. That tells you all you need to know about that guy. So that's what's going on in New York today. All right. Uh, outside, there was a large group, too, of student protesters who can't believe Columbia University invited the leader of Iran. I don't mind giving a platform to people with different views, but when someone has consistently made a mockery of free speech in the way that Ahmadinejad has, it's difficult for me to rationalize giving him a platform here at a great institution like Columbia, and I've come out to protest that. Uh, does he get a talent fee? I don't know. I mean, is a speaker? I'm curious, actually, if he gets a speaker's fee for that. Oh, like, does he have an agent? Well, I, don't I don't know. know. I, mean, a, a, I would the, imagine uh, nobody speaks for nothing. Yeah. Would we let, if he called in, oh, he called in, we'd put him on. Like, if he wanted to call in and weigh on him, weigh in what why would you not? If he wanted to call in about high concept, uh, you know, whatever. We'll either take him or Scott Bio. If he, want, if he wanted to call in and share, like, a Doobie Brothers remembrance or something with us, or maybe talk about some sort of 80s sitcom on the Rick Emerson mm-hmm. show, we'd be more than happy to have him. Try to get him, Scotty, or the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, this protester doesn't know why this uh, Iranian president has been invited in the first place. I think the man is immoral. I think he's a criminal. It's outrageous for Colombia to give him a forum, a man who is sponsoring terrorism and killing our soldiers in Iraq. I think it's, it's insane. Here's another fellow from an organization called Freedom's Watch. Every time I see the word freedom, I know there's something wrong with the guy. There's something really wrong with this person anyway to begin uh, with. Anyone who uses freedom or family. On his way to a bathroom stall somewhere. Yep. Uh, he says this Iranian leader is pushing his own agenda. I'm not worried oh. about the Columbia students. This is for consumption that he's going to use against us when he gets home. He's going to use his propaganda against the United States. He's playing us for a fool. And our university is helping give aid and comfort to our enemies. That's just wrong. Who cares? Who? Really, honestly, it, I can't even, I mean, I, I, in high school and then for the short time that I went, I went to like a, uh, you know, like a broadcasting college or whatever, and they brought him you know, like whoever to come speak. I don't even remember anybody who spoke at my college or anything they said. I don't remember anybody who ever spoke to me in high school except the guy who plays guitar with his feet. That's the only thing I remember. It's like, look at me play guitar with my feet. Life doesn't get me down. You know, the, he just has like little, you know, the guy with like flipper. He has the flipper hands. No, yeah, I, we had those too. Well, I think that's a franchise. I think I got a different one on the East Coast than you did. <laughs> oh, the Lidomite franchise. Uh-huh. The East Coast Thalidomides. Mm-hmm. Are you of the, uh, are you of the East Coast Thalidomides, sir? All I, he's, I don't remember anybody who came to speak to me. So, really, if your mind is just so tiny and spongy uh, that it can be swayed by seeing this guy uh, come and speak at you, you know, you're probably dumb enough that you're going to get us into trouble at some point anyway. Who cares? 
Seriously. So this uh, Freedom's Watch guy said Colombia would have invited Adolf Hitler to speak, too. It is a huge mistake. I think Colombia is, is not serving their institution well, nor their students. To say that they would invite Adolf Hitler prior to the war, all they had to do is read Mein Kampf and, and listen to this, the warnings. But they didn't invite him. It's a huge mistake. That's Y-O-U-G-E, huge mistake. I hate that. I hate it when people uh, put a Y where an H is supposed to be like that. Well, that's the East Coast. All right. Well, uh, oh, there's a strike going on between GM and the United Auto Workers. Is that an East Coast thing, too? Apparently, they hit a robot, and now they're on strike. They hit a robot? Yes. Their union leader is named Chris Tiny Sherwood. He's the president. We so have no idea so what part tiny of him sheriff is, is, of Nottingham that chases him. We don't know how, what part of him is, Tiny. He says it's uh, been decades since things have gone this far. Well, the last time we went on strike was 84, and before that it was 76. Back in five. I've got people in here with 24 years seniority or so that never been on strike. I remember back when we were building the Tin Lizzie. Uh, tiny says it's been decades since the strike has occurred. Hopefully it don't go long, but you never know. I think they could go to begin with, so it's, uh, it's a process that we haven't done quite a while, but uh, we'll get through it. What? Somebody cut Tiny off in the middle of a sentence. They're now dead. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, well, let's just take away the... Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How hey. you doing? What's up? Glad you're back. Thank hey, you, sir. Rock. Um, I used to live on 160 seconds between Division and Stark. Uh-huh. Two lights from Burnside, and it's a mailing, Portland mailing address. I know this is annoying you because... It's something stupid to fight over, but... Well, that's what we're all about here. Now, uh, Dave Zinn upstairs, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn says, Rick, I lived in 120... Uh, I'm sorry, 162nd. He says, 162nd is the Portland-Gresham border. Um, maybe it's a demilitarized zone. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe they've changed it, sir. Maybe they've yeah, modified that's possible. it. I, I, I live there... I'm 32 now. I lived there until I was 20 years old, and... You know, anything's possible. Maybe it was forcibly annexed in the bloodless coup. <laughs> I wouldn't be bloodless. It would really be the bloodiest of coups there. Bloody and covered in, covered in scabs. All right. A scabby coup. Thank you. You guys, you guys all rock, and then there's Scotty, but... <laughs> he, rocks, he rocks softly. Okay. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, I just received another piece of mail from uh, someone named Mr. Cohn. Uh, 162nd in Burnside is just inside the Gresham City boundary. Yeah, in your this face. This is the official city boundary layer of the city GIS. That's Geographic Information Service. Yeah. Purple is Gresham, red is Burnside. That's right. So it's you, a purple zone. That's right. The purple zone of murder. Suck that. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, welcome back, Rick. Hey. Hey, uh, i got to say, I think you're uh, incredibly far off on this. On what? To, on this uh, Iranian president uh. to actually stand back and say, who cares that it's the president of a country that is actually providing the means to kill our American citizens, our troops, and you just kind of blow it off like no big deal. I think that's... Uh, I think you're way off on that, man. I'm saying as far as possible. I'm saying whether he speaks there, whether he doesn't speak there, it doesn't change anything. And frankly, if you're if you're if, like I'm not talking to you, but I'm saying those people who go to see him, if your brain is so soft and spongy that you go see him speak in an auditorium, you know, like sipping water out of a paper cup for 45 minutes, and you come out as a jihadist, you're probably so deeply dumb you're going to be a problem eventually anyway. It, I'm just yeah, saying it's a matter of you know, becoming a jihadist. It's a matter of just giving this guy any sort of forum in our country yeah. when he's. Providing the death to our troops. It's it's completely, uh, it's insane. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. I don't, Thanks I don't, time. oh, I see. This is the, <laughs> oh, all right. There you go. Thanks. Thanks for that. 
All right. Because of that, you've you get... broken his heart. <laughs> well, seriously, I'm not. I mean, clearly he's a bad guy, but I mean, the the end. Well, I don't know. It's this, this is what this is what I don't understand about this. Uh, what I don't understand is the whole. He's a bad guy. Terrorist factions sells weapons. Sells whatever. By the way, all of which has been true like forever, and we've never done anything about it. Mm-hmm. So the idea that somehow like we—I don't know—he sells weapons to terrorists, and he, you know, and he—I you know, mean, he's part of the, the same theocracy uh, that kidnapped Americans, and he's, you know, he's a, he's a, like a, a canker on the ass of, of you know of the world and so forth, and he's a menace, and he's terrible, and he's awful, and he's whatever. I mean, but we can't let him near a microphone. That's the bottom. That's the last straw. Like that crosses the line if you let him speak somewhere. I mean, if it's such a problem, we should just go over and you know do what has to be done. I guess. Although, I mean, we don't really we don't really seem to do that against the countries that actually have it coming. That we don't really seem to invade anybody that's an actual threat. Our criteria for invasion sort of seems to be. Like, we won't actually do anything about North Korea. We won't actually do anything about about Iran. Grenada, we are all over Grenada. You know what I mean? Well, we get all our spices from there. <laughs> it is the Isle of Spices. It is. Man, we're going to war. Uh, the uh, It's my Clint Eastwood there from Heartbreak Real. Oh, I thought it was Reagan. No, 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 no. It's, uh, no, that's Reagan is... Uh, <laughs> Reagan. Mommy, the dragon is sitting on the windowsill again. That's Reagan. Um, the uh, Not anymore. Uh, oh, his ex-wife died when you were away. No, 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 no. She died when I was here. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and frankly, if he's, I mean, if the guy is so patently evil, I mean, this will sound strange, especially to the guy who called up and then was a big pussy and ran away. Uh, but if the guy's so patently evil, I'm all for giving microphones and telephones and cameras and whatever to guys who are patently evil so that everybody can see how patently evil and crazy they are. You know what I mean? I mean, the guy who was, like, talking about mind Kampf earlier, mm-hmm. as everybody has to do. Every, it's like a rule. You've got to Godwin it right away. You know, talking about something must invoke Hitler. So for the guy to say, well, you know, this is like having Hitler speak. If you read Mein Kampf, that tells you exactly. Well, if you read Mein Kampf and therefore it tells you exactly what to expect, then by definition, it, we should allow the guy to talk and we should give him a form so that everybody knows how nuts he is. And everybody, if he's such a menace and he's such a threat, and I'm not arguing that he's not, mm-hmm. if he's such a menace and he's such a threat, then let him talk and then everybody will see that he's a menace and he, you know, he's a threat. Just unwind a little, friend. Oh, this might be part of that. Jesus. But this might relate to this. The Iranian president moments ago was met with laughter after telling students and faculty at Columbia University that gays do not exist in Iran. In Iran, we don't have homosexuals like in your country. We don't have that in our country. Homosexuality is only something in America. In Iran, we do not have this phenomenon. I don't know who's told you that we have it. Let me just say, that's exactly he why. He shouldn't be allowed to speak. That's why you want to let the guy speak, uh, uh, nitwit. That's why you want to give the guy a microphone. Because if he's such an absurdist, which he clearly is, and if he's just deeply evil, as people seem to believe he is, and which he probably is, that's why you want to put the guy in camera. You know, the, the guys who are, like, decent and wholesome and aren't going to cause any trouble, those are the guys that I don't really care about putting on camera because you don't need to keep an eye on them. If a guy you need to keep an eye on, it, if you need to make sure, you know, if you need to know whether or not he's filled with just crazy evil, that's a guy you put on camera all the time. If you find a guy that you think is going to come, if there's a guy that you really think is going to start screwing things up, that's a guy you want on a microphone or on a camera always at every single moment so you know what he's up to and what he's thinking. And this idea that he's kind of scary and so therefore no one should know what he's up to, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, Mr. Spock would say, sir, it's just illogical. But thank you for calling and then running away like a gutless coward who wears a skirt. Or a kid. Who wears a skirt? And a, cr- and, a, and a crinoline thing underneath it. 
and those 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 shoes that are black and white with like a poodle. You know what I'm talking about. I've taken it too far. All right, here's Tim Riley. I'm trying to visualize. Well, that. seriously, I mean, f that guy. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, saddle shoes. The saddle shoes, yes. A guy who wears a skirt with a poodle and saddle shoes. Yeah, too far. A man with a samurai sword and seeking revenge on a former friend had the wrong apartment when he attacked, attacked a man and cut out the finger. 24-year-old uh, Salem was so drunk on his way to the apartment that he hit several cars parked on the nearby street. The man knocked on several wrong doors, damaging one of them with a 20-inch samurai sword. The last one he kicked in and struck the weapon, well, he had the wrong apartment. The victim wasn't the man's former friend. He's not even a future friend. Uh, neighbors say it was terrifying to hear the banging and screaming, and they didn't know what was happening. Everybody was scared. Scared? Yes, everybody was scared in Milwaukee. Everybody in the building. No way I'm opening my door because the kid says that can't happen. This... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, the victim forced the man out of the building, and an off-duty police officer who lives nearby heard the commotion, arrested the man, and took him to jail. By the way, so uh, what's his name? Jad, the guy. The guy who shouldn't be allowed to speak anywhere. This. So he was saying, there are no gays in Iran. So, listen... Scotty we says, do not have this phenomenon. I don't know who's told you that we have it. All right. Um, Scotty says, that's a lie about the gay thing. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's seen right through. Even Scotty has seen right through his facade. His, his, his clever ruse has not fooled Scotty J. Scotty J really? has, has pierced his veil of lies. Well done, Scotty. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, Rick. I'm calling about the Gresham-Portland battle here. Excellent. Uh, Thank you. I live on 174th, and my mailing address is 97233, which is Portland. But Portland and Gresham police patrol my street. Well, of course, because because you're kind of in Gresham, and so it takes two police forces to do all that work. Most definitely. It's definitely a high uh, crime area here. It is. Excellent. Kind of intense. Thank you, sir. No worries. Right, I appreciate it. Uh, let's do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good afternoon, Rick. Welcome Hi. back. Hi. Hey, uh, that guy's a dick. Who? <laughs> the skirt-wearing guy. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying, like, you know, like, I'm a dinner jacket, whatever his name is. Not a bad guy. But if that guy's so worried, if the, if this, you know, this guy in the skirt's so worried about him supporting terrorism and, you know, killing our troops in Iraq, why don't we just get our troops out of Iraq? Duh, for one. Yeah. And for a second... If he's such a bad guy and is in the United States, why don't we just arrest him and keep him? Well, that's, I mean, and my whole thing is, uh, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, if all that is said about him is true, and it probably is. I mean, look, he's a guy who said that he wants to wipe Israel off the map. That kind of tells you what you need to know about him. So, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think him coming and talking for 45 minutes at some college, you know, to a bunch of students who really don't take him seriously anyway, I don't really know that that's the thing we ought to be worrying about right now. It's kind of a freak factor, I think, is what it is. Really? I mean, seriously, when I say who cares about that, I'm worried about the whole we're going to launch nuclear weapons at Israel yeah. thing. That's the thing that I sort of worry about. You know, the rest of it, I, I, I got bigger problems. As you should be. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's take a break here, shall we? You don't want to hear about the Iranian people who are uh, happy people who are free to express themselves. In our country, law prevails. Freedom is flowing at its highest level. <laughs> That's fantastic. 
All right, excellent. Um, so we'll, uh, let's break here. Hey, don't forget, by the way, AM 970 is going to be at Circuit City Jansen Beach for the midnight launch of Halo 3 tonight. That is 11 to 1 a.m. Giving away copies of the game around midnight, plus the uh, playing the game on big screens. And if you purchase a copy of Halo 3 during that time, you'll get a free four-foot Master Chief wall graphic. And if you purchase, uh, purchase Circuit City Gamers Savings Club uh, membership, you get 10% off video games, accessories, and PC games. Tonight, AM 970, Circuit City Jansen Beach at 11 p.m. for the midnight launch of Halo 3. Be there! Back after this. The president of Iran is done speaking. Really? Well, we heard most of his words of wisdom. He's such... He's so clearly just an unhinged nutcase, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He just has this... And he has this weird... Um, I was saying earlier, he has this weird, creepy grin on his face when he talks a lot, too. Why are you Why are you so evil? Because it's enjoyable, he seemed to say. I'm surprised the liberals didn't ask him to host SNL when he was here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, let's see. How do you feel about taking over the Al Franken show, sir? Uh, all right, let's see. What do we uh, more calls about the Iranian president? Okay, we're going to do these calls about the Iranian president, and then Steve Katzenbaum's going to be uh, on from New York talking about it later, where everybody's all irate about it. He's uh, all done. So well, we'll talk about that, and then we'll then we'll try to forget all of this. We'll try to. We've somehow veered. I don't know how this happened. We veered into some sort of serious. We've veered into actual content. We've somehow tripped and landed an actual substance on the show, which is something we try to avoid. Maybe we'll get offers from Air America. Really. Would you like to work for uh, for for dirt? Literal literal actual lumps of dirt. Uh, we have all this government cheese. Would you like to do an afternoon show? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey Rick, hey. good to have you back, man. Thank you, sir. All right, hey, I was just going to say, I think people are missing the point about uh, this guy going to the Columbia University just mm. for the fact that we allow him into our country after the president has said that Iran is a, an enemy nation, and we're allowing the enemy to come into our country. The funny I mean, thing is we won't even let Cat Stevens take an airplane. Like, you know, Cat Stevens can't even fly anywhere, uh, and yet we apparently think so little of this guy. I mean, that's my thing is, obviously we don't think he's, you know, I, I think, that, I mean, if you walk a real fine line when you say that he's all talk, because clearly Iran is a bad place full of bad people, but I mean... It does seem a little odd that if we if we, that we would just sort of let him come and hang out and just sort of you know. So would you like to go for coffee afterwards? Like he's just sort of there talking and we're not doing anything about it. So it is it is kind of a weird mixed message we're sending. Well, I can't even get back into Can uh, back from Canada without a passport now. My driver's license doesn't work. And the other thing is is uh, he's using this this forum and he can go back and edit all the footage he gathers and and brainwashes his country with, you know, how Americans are and whatnot, and it's and it's just a complete absurd idea that they would even allow him to come into our country. Yeah, I, I guess, but I mean, it's it's sort of like, I guess my, my thing is this, like, if you've got uh, this guy, and you've got Iran, and he's actually, like, again, I'm looking at the CNN prep sheet, I'm not trying to, like, minimize it or make light of it, but really, the guy is just so obviously maniacally just nuts and crazy and bigoted and just, you know, just uh, just so un unbelievably evil and weird. He's actually on record here saying, well, we want to see a lot of countries like Israel wiped off the map. I mean, and then, and then they, they rattle the, their sabers a lot about the nuclear weapons and so forth. So 
really, the idea that that somehow the final straw is that he's going to get to talk to some college students, really, to me, that's like such a minor issue that I'm not even really worried about it. Like, the larger issue to me seems to be the whole we'd like to kill every Jew in the world business. Well, that, and he kind of looks like the uh, one of the guys on the Special Olympics commercials, you know. He sort of does. He's kind of got, you expect him to have kind of the foldy eyes and the limp a little? Yeah. Yeah, a little right. bit of, uh, I like my box of chocolates, you know, kind of. <laughs> Thank you. Later. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hey. You know, I, I uh, appreciate your, your point of view in terms oh, of God. about. All right. But, yes. Is this going to be another, let me scream something and then hang up phone call? No. All right. No. I, I'm not screaming, am I? Yep. Uh, okay, yeah. All right. This is going to be a fun call. I can already, let me just pull up a chair. All right, go ahead. Hey, thanks. Anyway, you know, the United States is the world headquarters, if you will, for the for the UN. So I think what's going on here in terms of just giving people the the forum to talk, I think we're obligated to do that through the UN and he comes here with uh whatever is called diplomatic immunity or whatever, but I think what it boils down to, what, what people's objections are, is it's the difference between somebody standing in the middle of the street saying what they want to because it's, it's a public forum or public property, public space, and letting that same person come into your home and espouse the same he's not uh, a, he's, do you, views. Do you go to Columbia University? No. He's not in your home. Turn off the TV. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just saying, look, I don't know if you remember a thing called uh, the United Soviet Socialist Republics, uh, but the USSR uh, was a conglomeration of countries who frequently... Nikita Khrushchev on television said... We will, he said, we banged his shoe, we will bury... He said, your grandchildren will live under communism, we will bury you. I mean, the amount of people who've said that they just want to destroy everybody who's not them and yet who are allowed to come here and hang out at the White House and talk and come to America. I mean, we we do sort of seem to have an open-door policy for letting people from other countries, including the heads of the Soviet Union, uh, come and speak at the U.N. or wherever. So, I mean, he's just one more guy that the American uh, the government just lets come and spew a bunch of crap. But he's not here as a, as a guest of, of the U.S. He's here, he's here for the U.N. Well, you know what, yes, look. I do remember the U.S. USSR comprises 16 or 17 republics. Thank you. And you and, and look, and you and I both know that the United States uh, has the final say in whether the guy comes here or not. This is the idea that we have to do something because the UN, the idea that the United States would ever let the United Nations tell it what to do if we didn't want to do it is ridiculous. I don't even think we pay dues in the UN anymore. I think the plan? UN has tried to make us do a whole bunch of things that we just told them to get bent. So he's clearly here with the tacit approval of the U.S. government, and if you don't like that, take it up with the Bush administration. But isn't it going to be kind of antithetical to what the UN is all about if we if we start saying, well, you can come here and you can't, you can come here and you can't? I mean... Uh, how did this happen? To be about bringing everybody to the table. We just had Chavez here a couple months ago, and everybody forgot about that. Seriously, I, I mean, you know, he's clearly he's clearly a bad guy, but I mean, it really, unless he's actually standing on stage aiming a gun at the audience, I mean, it really is just him talking. And frankly, if there's a guy who's crazy and evil, as I said earlier, uh, I want him on camera and on microphone as often as possible, so I know what the hell he's thinking. And I think the UN provides that for him. I well, think what people's right. objection uh -oh. is is to letting him go out into the streets of New York and amongst the the denizens of that city and 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 spewing his his nonsense well, all all over. Friend, you know, fine, take it up with your president. Okay, I just. Uh, you know, I just was... Uh, I mean, I'm not saying to... you have to be happy about it, but I'm saying, like, it's not going to make your day any better or any worse. 
Well, and, no, if, and if it really is making your day worse, you really need to focus on, you know, on other things. It doesn't have me miffed. I'm just, just calling to, to say right. I think why some of these people are, are a little, uh, you know, are a little put out about the, the whole goings-on. Well, uh, the goings-on and the happenings and what have you. All right, thanks. Could be worse. Could Bye. be Fred Goldman. He's never happy. <sighs> O.J.'s out of the news today. That's why we have this. <sighs> Although I do have an O.J. story. I, I know. I, I'm sorry. I just got to finish these out, and then we're never taking another call about the Iranian president. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, we missed you so much Jesus. hearing these things. Hi. What's up? <laughs> but, you know, actually, him, him taking, uh, aiming a gun, uh, you know, we're talking Columbia University, so aiming the gun wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's you who said that, by the way. It's not the opinion of the Rick Emerson show. No, no, no. Yeah, um, yeah you know, it's like we claim to be a, a, a country of laws and all that kind of crap, and it's like, okay, we we made agreements that, uh, with the U.N. and all these kind of different things that we're going to respect the rules and whatever. He's not accused of any crime. He's not tried under any world court. There's nothing legally... We're a country of laws. There's nothing legally to keep him away. Well, I mean, so... that's, and that's that's the point that somebody made earlier. I mean, if he was wanted for a crime, we'd be arresting him. Hello. I mean, it's yeah. I'm not. I hate the way you have to say this. This is like everybody had to. This is like everybody was legally required to say around the time we invaded uh, Iraq. I'm not saying Saddam's a, a good guy. He's obviously a bad guy. I mean, clearly he's a cretin and a bigot and, a, and hideous and he's you know awful and he's you know, whatever. But I mean, you know, if we could hold him, we'd hold him. And it, uh, I'm not trying to lay this on George Bush, I guess. But I mean, it, you know, clearly the government doesn't have a problem with him being here. The idea that the UN thinks he should be here, obviously, as you know, the UN wanting us to do something has never made us do anything. And so the fact that he's speaking at Columbia is because the U.S. government thinks it's okay for it to, to happen. It's, yeah, it's like you know, let, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Is he going to? Yeah, he's going to use the words, but it's like you know, consider the source, whatever. He's kind of a lunatic. Well, yeah, I know uh, the just, idea that he's going to get up there and go, well, we have to eliminate Israel, and suddenly everybody at Columbia will go, that's right, that's a great idea, like he's the <laughs> hypno toad or something. Jesus, <laughs> let's, let's light a, a, a giant lowercase T. I know. Thank Time to leave. Bye now. Bye. Yeah. All right. Uh. This is turning into a boring issue-oriented talk show. Run of the mill. There are dozens of these things out there. Call one. Someone, I really, this just makes me long for some sort of a giant tumor. And people aren't tying up their dogs. (sighs) Really? Are you kidding? Okay. Well, I said we'd finish out the bank. We will. Then we're just going to talk about, oh, I'm going to talk about going to see Erasure. And more I do want to hear about that. And Sarah Dillon being attacked by a girl Sarah in a bar. beaten by a girl in a club. I wasn't beaten. You almost no. beaten. Yeah, she tried. And then I got this whole thing about Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. I'm even more pissed about that. Uh, oh, and then I got a paparazzi thing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. How you doing? Welcome back. Thank you, sir. <laughs> hey, look, anybody that, that, that puts uh, whatnot and that guy, the, whatever the and everything, and what they lose me on their argument. But you're, you're spot on, the, man. The goal is on. Let me break it down for these listeners. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your names will never hurt me. So that's basically it. I you can't know. Talk about that. All right. All have right. a good one. Thank right. you. All right. Uh, let's see. All right. Two more, then we're done. Two more. That's it. Then we're done. We're never talking about the Iranian president again. Hi. This is why I don't want the Iranian president coming here anymore, because then people call about it. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Uh, just, yeah, I wanted to reinforce the fact this guy's a complete friggin' moron. Who? Obviously. Who? Amadijadad. Yeah. Amadijamoron. Yeah. And uh, uh, more importantly, though, we need to keep in mind that uh, his approval rating's about as good as our president's right now. And he's trying to make a point by coming over here and uh, saying his is big or something. Yeah. But, it's uh, that he's a, he's just a maniacal idiot. He's a tyrant, and uh, people need to be aware of what's going on. But uh, 
his people over there don't like him any more than our people right now are uh, disapproving with our own president. So I'm with you. Uh, all right. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. I just said I'm with you there. I don't even really know if I was. I wasn't listening. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I agree with the last guy. Mr. I'm a douchebag is... Uh... Wait, hold on. Now, did I agree with the last guy or not? What was the you last did. guy? You said you did. I did, but I wasn't. that was a lie because well, I wasn't no, really I listening. I agree with him. What did the last guy say? I wasn't listening. Well, that he's an idiot. Who? Mahmoud, I'm a douchebag. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, it's, where's Mark Wahlberg and that really nice rifle when we need him? You should turn your radio up louder before you call. Oh, I'm sorry. Turn it up as loud as it'll possibly go. How's that? No, no, louder. No, it's okay. We have to go. Bye. Glad that's it. We're done. There you go. Aren't you glad our vacation's over? God. Yeah, but we never we never settled whether or not 160 seconds is in Gresham or Portland. That was the most important. We're we're so done. Why did that happen, Joe? Well, let's hear about Erasure because I I don't want to hear about it. Listen, this this guy says, Rick, we've waited a week for a fantastic new Rick Emerson show. Now we're talking about the UN and Iran. Why aren't we talking about boobs and Britney or Britney's boobs? Criminy. I'm with you, sir. I, okay, I that's some it. Britney news. I heard that there was some crazy stuff last oh, week. Oh, I do. But I don't know. Oh, yeah, and well, we've got Roop, and Roop will be talking about Britney too at two o'clock. Okay, that's the end of. No, don't ever call again about the Iranian president. He's gone. The Seriously, speech is over. I care so little about that guy that I don't even. And people are calling, wanting to talk about. I, it, normally, they would say, "Well, the audience, the, the customer is always right." The customer, right now, if the customer wants to call and talk about Iran, the customer is wrong. The customer is effed. So if you are the customer calling right now because you want to talk about the Iranian president, uh, we're done. That's over. We're never talking about him again. We're not here to serve customers. That's what I'm saying. So only if the customer wants to talk about Britney or the happenings at the Erasure, the goings-on, as that, uh, that guy said, at the Erasure concert and so forth. Futurama, really? Okay, thank God. Thank you, sweet Yay. Jesus. All right. So to sum up. Iranian president, uh, douchebag, uh, here with the approval of the government. Doesn't really affect my life today, one or the other. Stopping caring right now. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Good news, everybody. I have good news for you. Yes. Matt Groening's making new Futurama episodes. Now, I heard uh, that they're going to be making uh, two Futurama movies, which will then be split up into, like, 16 episodes that will be broadcast on TV. It's, uh, well... According to uh, uh, Wikipedia, it's four. Okay, but four what? Four movies? Four, four feature lengths, and then they'll be made into a season. Let's see how how great is that? So that's eight hours uh, of, of new Futurama, which is just fantastic. Uh, I saw the Futurama video that they played at the Comic Con in San Diego uh, a few weeks back, which was hilarious. And so, uh, which is just, I mean, that, right there, that's enough to make you feel good about humanity. You know what I mean? That's enough right to put a smile on your face about all of humankind. Exactly. All right. Thank you for ending the Iranian president talk by bringing us back to Futurama and the things that matter, sir. I will destroy you. Morbo out. <laughs> Hello. Hello, puny human. I will destroy you. Squidge sent me a text message saying, I am on I-84 and just drove past a sign that said 162nd Avenue, entering Gresham. Yeah. Yeah. Sons of bitches. Thank you, Squid. Now we're done. All right. There you go. What's with the Gresham and the president and all the People are anger today? People are really angry about is this, is it. Well, the president of Iran has been invited to be the guest speaker. To speak at Gresham. The president of Iran will be will be hanging around on 162nd and Stark Maybe today. Maybe we're always as angry as them, but we don't know because we're still relaxed on vacation mode. Well, or is this is the audience uh, like all of these? Um, no offense, dicks who are calling about the, about the Iran thing. It, the thing about the guys calling about the Iran thing, it's not so much that like they don't have a valid point, or that it's just that I don't care. I just don't. 
I don't care. I mean, sure, he's an evil, stupid guy. It'll all be forgotten the bar when OJ or Britney does That's something what stupid. I'm you know mm-hmm. what? Both are out of the news. World's full of evil, stupid guys. Many of them invited to come speak at various places around the country, uh, often at the behest of the White House. So, you know. I mean, whatever. It benefits what they have to say. I mean, seriously, I mean, Richard Nixon went and had, you know, had tea with communist China. Had there, sat there and had a laugh with them. So, I mean, you know, doesn't really matter. Um, doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my life today one way or the other. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, one of my point, though, is do you think, is this all like projected anger because we were gone? Is the audience just, are they just sort of angry that we were gone and they're kind of taking it out? Uh, in the form of yelling at us about the Iranian president and Gresham. I believe that's the case. Yeah. Are they doing what my shrink would call they are uh, projecting. projecting? They're displacing their anger. Mm-hmm. Anger about our absence has become anger about uh, the Iranian uh, guy. But we need more heartwarming vacation stories. Yes. Uh, I have to break again. For the love of it, we're halfway done with today's show. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Zero items. You know, and as much as, as much as I hate to do this, as much as I hate to do this, we got a break. Uh, I think, or maybe not. As much as I hate to do this, I'm thinking about, as they say, putting a pin in the Steve Kastenbaum thing. Not that I don't want to talk to Steve, but A, you didn't get to go see him in New York. And B, he's talking about the Iranian president, which was going to be fine with me until about five minutes ago. What if you talk about Sarah's bar beating instead? Could he identify with that? You know, but he's... Steve is probably in serious mode today. I think so, because he's in New York. I can tell you the mode of New York with the... They're um, all pissed off about the Iran thing. very pissed and about I'm not that. saying they don't have the right to be pissed off. I'm just saying we've just had about 10 minutes of the Iranian president. <laughs> so, so um, Scotty, when Steve Kastamon calls... Tell him we're not here. <laughs> answer the phone in a woman's voice and pretend you don't know who he is. <laughs> Hello? I'm sorry. I don't know anybody by that name. <laughs> You'll have to go back later if you're in the dishes. Uh, say we're in the shower. No, uh... That was creepy. <laughs> it's... We're all in the shower. So you can understand how we can... I don't have time for your They're call. They're all dining at the moment. <laughs> uh, when Steve Castamon calls, would you tell him, uh, uh, I profoundly apologize because I know he has to take time out of his day to call us, and we will... I do want to talk to him, especially since we've gone for a week, uh, but that today, don't, don't mention blah, 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 rainy present. Just say... Scheduling conflict, we're just not going to be able to talk to him. So if you can do that, Scotty, that what would if, be fantastic. What if he's listening online? I don't know. Then Steve, I think he might sometimes. Steve, then we're lying to you. It's not really a scheduling conflict. It's just that we don't want to talk about the Iranian president. And, I, and frankly, I don't want to waste his time because he works for CNN. I don't want to just have him on just for, you know. We and where do you work for? Uh, I work for KCMD Portland, a CBS radio station. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. What's up? Rick, I uh, I actually lived on 159th and Burnside for about nine months last year. Uh-huh. And uh, so here's a couple things that uh, I got to witness living there. One day I came home and uh, cops wouldn't let me enter the apartment complex, and they were holding assault rifles, training them at somebody in a bush in front of my place. Fantastic. I got uh, crackheads regularly coming to my door at 1 a.m. asking if they can use the bathroom. And... Uh, Let's just say a lot of unwelcome stairs walk into that Mac stuff. No, it's well, I mean, the Mac stuff really is, it is like you have fallen into some sort of like Dante's Seventh Circle or something. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's a place where, I mean, it really just, just they say that life is cheap, but that really even overvalues the life, you know, in that in that part of town, not unlike in my neighborhood. So One time I actually saw Mahmoud Amadinejad on 162nd Burnside. 
No, no, that joke is a couple minutes old, but thank you. I appreciate the effort, sir. <laughs> now, he's, he couldn't be first with the joke. He's out. He's done. All right. Hey, by the way, from this day on, from this moment, we're never talking about the Iranian president again. Only if he's assassinated. As of, uh, as of, uh, whatever, as of today, for the rest of the day, anyway. So it has to do with his Done. Death. I'm sorry I brought it up. Done. Seriously, I mean, I didn't know. It had nothing to do with, it, with you bringing it up. It's just, who knew? I mean, really, who knew that some guy in Portland was just sitting there having his whole day ruined because some uh, some a-hole was busy talking? And by the way, just as a, closing it out, apparently, somebody just emailed me this. This is great. Apparently, when they introduced him, the guy who introduced him actually, like, ripped him a new one right before bringing him on stage. Yeah, I have that somewhere. They actually said, like, and now a petty and cruel moronic dictator. Ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 I mean, in a joke. And then they brought him on. So apparently, they, like, they just stuck it to him right before he came on. All right. Uh, so f the Iranian guy, uh, and uh, and f talking about it from now on. Done. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about OJ instead. Now, see, I don't know. This is a good time to, to, to well, start. First, yeah. Should we do the OJ story? Or are we going to hear about Erasure? We've been promised several Erasure. things. Erasure. We really have. Um, and the story about Sarah X. Dillon. We also promised that. Oh. I promise nothing. <laughs> promise nothing. That's that really is our quality guarantee right here. We promise nothing and deliver even less. Uh, okay. Well, here's what we got today. I, I, I want to do this whole segment called "Things I Missed While I Was Gone." Let's hear that. Well, let's put that off for just a minute. All right. Um, you're so malleable. You just <laughs> let's set ourselves on fire. Okay. Okay. Well done. Um, erasure. Well, I'm just going to say there's really nothing much to say except that um, they're one of my favorite bands of the '80s, and they're still playing. My they're wife still sound good. My wife, a huge Erasure fan. Uh, from way back, uh, my wife is kind of an alt, alternative, you know, whatever, blah, 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 listener, and, and you know, uh, what we used to call in the 80s synth pop. Um, so my wife is a big Erasure fan, and that whole genre, you know, the Erasure and Thompson Twins and Depeche Mode and all that. Um, but she, growing up, you know, as a hardcore Mormon, uh, she told me this story about how Erasure came uh, to Salt Lake City, I think, three times while she was living there. But it was always on a Sunday, and, of course, she was forbidden to go, you know. And I think it, I don't think it had anything to do with the content of their music or the, the whatever. I think as long it was like an event on a Sunday, and so her parents just forbade because, of course, Sunday is the Lord's Day when you sit around and clip your toenails and I don't know, stare blankly at the wall and uh, think about the glorious rapture that awaits you in the afterworld for missing Erasure. So she was never able to see Erasure growing up. So it was kind of cool for her to go uh, because she actually got to see this band that she was such a huge fan of, and um, we saw them in Bristol, I think. Um, and it was Bristol a college town? Did anybody know? Bristol? I believe so. The outskirts of whatever. We were arguing about whether or not it was. We couldn't figure it Anyway, but Erasure was, but it's just weird. I mean, and I don't, I don't mean to be the idiot guy going, you know, there's a lot of things that are different when you go to England, but it's, it is kind of a strange, it, it's strange little tiny moments of culture shock. Just, it, it is, um, I don't mean to be doing like the whole Royale with cheese thing, but it is little things like, um, this opening act, which sucked, boy, if you ever, if somebody ever says, let's go see a band called One Two, what you should do is kill that person and then hang yourself so that you never have to go see One Two. I'll do that. One Two is like a guy from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, a woman from Propaganda, and then like some guy they found like hanging around outside the venue, I think. And it, it, just zero charisma. And you can... It, it, you can get away with having music that's largely just drum machines and keyboards if you've got kind of some presence, some vibe. This band had none of that, and it was just just so tedious and pointless. I just wanted to stab myself in the eyes to liven up the evening. But then, so the opening band finishes. We're sitting there waiting for Erasure to come on, and they're playing into the house music. And the entire crowd, there a couple songs came on that they were just playing. And it's got nothing in particular, but 
the entire crowd is singing along word for word with some of the house music songs, which is just so weird. I mean, and it was just, and it was some oldies song, some Cliff Richard type song, and it comes on, and it, and again, it's it's just the pre show music that they play at every concert where the lights are still on and people are out buying snacks and beer and getting t-shirts or whatever and they're playing some song on the overhead and some song comes on and everybody cheers and the entire crowd which is probably a couple thousand people is singing along note for note with this house music and it's a song that Lara and I have never heard in our entire life and so that's a weird moment um, it's just a strange thing and then Erasure came out and played they were fantastic by the oh, way yeah. they were really good um, and I didn't know what to expect because it's, you know, getting up there and it, it I didn't, and it's, it's not, uh, it's music that doesn't have a lot of live components to it anyway. It's a lot of keyboards and there's a drum track and whatever. And, and was, the youngsters say, these guys are in their forties. How can they possibly still sing? Man, it was that guy. I don't know the guy who sings for Erasure. I don't know his name. Andy. Andy. Is it Andy? Andy. And, Andy. Uh, Andy Bell. Andy Bell. Um, man, his voice is amazing. Still, I mean, I kind of only knew. And it was weird seeing a band like Erasure for me because I sort of realized what it must be like to be Lara and to be taken to see, um, whatever, taken to see Metallica or something. Because I knew two songs. I knew Chains of Love and I knew A Little Respect. And that's it. Those were the American hits. And she, But she knew, like, every song there was. It's like... Lara did? Yeah. Well, she's a huge Erasure fan. And so she did, like, huh. every song, they'd get, like, two notes into it. Like, dun, dun, and she'd be like... And she'd stand up and cheer and sing along. And I was so out of the loop. And I felt like the girlfriend taken to a Slayer concert where I'm sitting there waiting for the one song I know, waiting for them to play the the radio hit. And um, But I really, they, they played a bunch of songs I was really into. They, and, you know, for a band that large, I'm going to say band, but it was like two guys and then three female backup singers. Um, so everything was basically pre-programming except for the vocals. But it was really good. I was really impressed. Uh, and especially so that, again, that it felt like such a great live gig and most of the music was just coming off a keyboard. It was really, really good. Uh, here's a great British story, though. One hates to stereotype. So I'm just going to... I'm not saying you should extrapolate anything out of the story about the British people as a whole. I'm sure it's an isolated incident. But the trains um, stop pretty early there. And the last train back to London was at like 11.15 at night. And the show ends at 10. And they must know this because everything is scheduled. Like the show ends at 10.45. And so we're like, okay, we got to like beat feet to the train so we don't get – because I don't want to have to take a cab back to London from Bristol because it's going to be like – and everything there is so goddamn expensive anyway, which we'll talk about here in a second. But so we're leaving the Erasure concert. We're trying to find a train station to get back to London. And I'm like, the train leaves at 11.15. And it's like 11 o'clock, 11.05, no train station. And finally, a woman walks by me. And I'm like, hello there. Hello, hi. Hey, I'm a dumb American. Can you? Uh, where's the train station? And she's a girl, uh, probably 19 or 20. She, she opens her mouth to answer, not a single tooth. No, oh, really? oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She had... Um, one little snaggly one? No, on the bottom. Like a can opener? On the bottom, she had two. Sort of like buck teeth, but they were on the bottom, and they were the only teeth in her head. Kind of like baby teeth. Yeah, exactly. But but she was like 20. Two teeth on her bottom uh, bottom plate, and, you know, and she had the great trashy, like, you know, you can spot a trashy accent even when it's not your own. Um, oh, like an East Side London totally. accent. Totally. And I, I can't do the, I mean, I apologize in advance for all the bad British accents I will do today, especially for the British listeners. I'm sorry. But I said, pardon me, hello. Where do you get them? She goes, oh, train, let me look over, you know. And then she, she goes, Dave, come on, let's show the Americans where the train is or whatever. And, and she's got two teeth. And, she, of course, she's drinking a bottle of soda because, you know, at that point, why, you know, might as well try to get rid of those last straggling teeth. Just get rid of the, get rid of the final two. Why have any teeth? So a British woman with no teeth and at 20. 
it's not like you're 60 and you came of age in the war and it was like, you know, you had to brush with a rag or something. You had to brush with, like, you, you know, pieces of hair. I mean, they have toothpaste now. And she clearly has, I mean, she was able to afford a soda. So why would you not have any teeth? I mean, really, honestly. And she didn't look like a street kid as such. I mean, she didn't look homeless. She's just a woman with no teeth. A woman, girl with no teeth. So, um, anyway, so that was great. Uh, let's see, Erasure. Oh, how great is this and how sad is this? So we saw Erasure at um, Colston Hall, a place called Colston Hall. You know who was there the night before and if only I'd known about it? Who? I mean, it's great. It's just the whole idea is great. I am kind of sad that I missed it. The night before, because you know how how into, and I don't mean this in an ugly sort of jingoistic way, but you know how into sort of certain slices of American culture I am. I'm, you know, there's certain things about American culture that really resonate with me. The night before Erasure, Brian Wilson was there. Oh. How great would oh. it have been? Oh. How great would that, that have hurt. been mm-hmm. to see Brian Wilson sing? Because he really is, for me, I'm saying for me, he, the Beach Boys are the definitive American band. The definitive American band, period. Hands down. The, uh, to have seen Brian Wilson singing uh, like California Girls in London, I am almost glad I didn't because I think it would have broken my brain. I think it would have, like, I don't think I could have handled it. I think I would have fallen into some, I would have fallen into some weird time warp and been left sliding into my own navel, as Douglas Adams would say. I, I just, so Brian Wilson was there the night before. It just, it killed me mm. to have missed Brian Wilson of London. Um, Speaking of killing me and things that I missed, so I, I was bitching about how two days after I uh, left, in fact, I think uh, I think tonight is the opening night of Glengarry Glen Ross in London. So I was just so pissed. I was so furious that Glengarry Glen Ross opens like tonight, not last week. And to add insult to injury, Wire fans, the guy who plays Carcetti on The Wire, which is the best show on television right now, he's in it. So the, uh, the, one of the lead characters from my favorite television show is actually in the stage play of my favorite movie in London today. Not last week, today. Uh, let's see. Speaking of plays in London, and I hesitate to talk about theater stuff sometimes because... This is one of the reasons why Joni and I uh, were really so into making Bigger Than Jesus, because a lot of times people, especially guys, and I think especially young guys, they think about theater or plays, and they just think, like, but there's nothing there for them. Like, what would I possibly go to the theater for? Because you think of theater as being just a bunch of crap you don't care about. You know what I mean? Well, what, what's this? Well, we're, we're going to go see Othello. I mean, who cares? So the answer is almost no one, especially no, like, guy cares about the theater. Um, but there is stuff in the theater that's really cool sometimes. And uh, we actually saw a play. And, Sarah, I thought of you the entire time. We went to see a play. which We saw it uh, on not even opening night. It was like a preview. It was like a... Like a, a Ooh, a fancy had, night? It hadn't officially opened. It was sort of like a... Um, a preview night, which means that, and it went flawlessly, but the deal with a preview night is you can go there before it officially opens, but you run the risk that they may they may stop the play and adjust something, or the actor may stop and ask a question of the director, and that actually didn't happen. But we went to a preview of this play called Life After Scandal, which I don't know if it'll ever play here because it's very British, but it was amazing because, you know, the tabloid culture in Britain is like... Is that the one all about the paparazzi? Yes. Okay. I've heard of that. It is unreal it's so good it is um it's it's a, a two-hour play and it's based on real events uh it's a play based on interviews with people in britain whose lives were destroyed by tabloid reporting um and it's it, it, it's with the playwright interviewed a bunch of people like, the, like there was a couple in britain because in britain like if the tabloid press gets a hold of you in britain they will not stop until you are just a pile of rags. I mean, the tabloid press in Britain, they make the press over here. They make the Inquirer look like the New York Times. I mean, the tabloid press in Britain, I mean, this is well known, is just, I mean, they will just, 
they will just crush you into a tiny little powder. And so the whole play is is interviews and and whatever you know a, a, a dramatization of people being interviewed about how the British tabloids just destroyed them. Like there was a couple that was accused of cheating on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Turns out they didn't. Mm-hmm. But you know the tabloids just just massacred them. There was the woman who um, had the affair with Tony Blair. Uh, there was uh, a guy who had been improperly accused of. Um, Sexual relations with Boy Scouts or whatever, and he his you know not guilty, but of course whole life destroyed, and so but one of the characters in the play is a paparazzi, and he comes on stage and he has the huge camera and he tells everything from the paparazzi standpoint and talks about it from his point of view and what it's like to be a paparazzi and it's just it's really great. So if you ever get the chance to see a play called Life After Scandal, a really great not highbrow at all, very accessible, very entertaining, but fantastic. Okay. So uh, so there's that. Uh, only other note here, um, god damn, everything is so expensive. <laughs> I am so poor. Uh, Are you two? I have literally... I don't know because I haven't looked at the credit card statement because I New don't York know is a, New York is a lot cheaper than London. Oh, man, I have $32 in my bank account. 32 I had 48 this morning, but it's my mom's birthday tomorrow, and I had to express mail her her package or else she would just kill me. That's what so I, I have, and I stayed here. Yeah, it's been $16 to express mail it, so now I'm down to 32 Uh It's... Let's see. This guy says, Rick, uh, blame the Bush administration for the exchange rate. Six years ago, a pound would only cost a dollar thirty. That's what a euro costs. So every euro is a is a dollar and thirty. Right now, it's and everybody you know told me about this. But in in London or in you know in the UK, you just double everything. Yeah. Which is so deceptive because you look at it and it's like how much for this? And it's just like in New York where the most expensive thing is a small bottle of water. Mm-hmm. So they know that you're walking everywhere. How much is this bottle of water? Well, it's only a dollar ninety nine. And then you think to yourself, wait a minute. That's actually a pound and ninety nine, which means it's four dollars. So a dinner Just, there. Um, thank your lucky stars, you're not a smoker. Oh, oh no, no, because no, because I'd be, I would be so beyond broke. I mean, you don't even want to know. I mean, because we would go out to dinner and my wife would be like, "Yes, I'll have five glasses of wine, please." I mean, and then the bill comes and you're like, "Well, that's only forty five pounds. That's not so bad for a really great dinner." Oh, wait a minute, and then you realize that everything in your head has to be doubled. And so, I mean, dinner was like, and I'm not trying to, like, brag about it because I'm going to be paying this off for, like, the next hundred years. I mean, because we just had to, Laura and I had to come to this agreement about halfway through the trip, um, which is just like, it might have been even been earlier than that, where we just said, you know what, we're just going to forget about it and we're not going to worry about it until the credit card bill comes. Because, and i got to tell you, you'll know the day the credit card bill arrives because that will be the day that I come in here and I just can't even speak. I cannot even imagine how much this trip cost. Um and at a certain point, you just sort of say, screw it. You know what I mean? But it's such a good time. No, it was a great time. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I don't mean to complain. It was worth it. It was wonderful. Whatever it cost me, it was worth it. I say now, having not seen the bill. But, boy, goddamn, things were expensive. And just little stuff that you don't think about. Like, like I forgot to bring a hat or whatever. And I go to Scotland, and it's, you know, like 400 degrees below zero. You know, like, I got to get a hat, you know. And so I go to the, I go to the shop, and the one's like, okay, hat, that'll be six pounds. You're just thinking, I just paid $12 for this hat oh. that I'm going to wear for one day. I mean, it was just, it was unreal. It was so expensive. And then, of course, I did that idiot American thing of, like, having some money at the end that I forgot to trade back in. So now I've got a bunch of, like, pounds sitting at home that I can do, like, F all with, you know, that I just, it's sitting there, it's pointless. So, uh, so unbelievably expensive. Um, Buying the hat, though, I do have to mention this, because every third email I got about the trip was about Loch Ness. So, yes, I did go to Loch Ness. No, I did not see the Loch Ness monster. Wah, 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 did you go wah, on a boat? Wah, wah, wah. I did. Um, I did. And I will say as a preamble, this should go without saying, I know there's no Loch Ness monster. Da-da-da-da. I 
and I understand all of that. But as a kid, I was just so fascinated with my first, here's what a nerd I am. My very first school science project was about the Loch Ness Monster when I was however old I was, eight or nine or something like that. And I know that the inanity of doing a, quote, science project about the Loch Ness Monster, which, you know, doesn't exist. But my first school science project was about the Loch Ness Monster. And my whole childhood, even to this day as an adult, I will watch anything that comes on TV. Loch Ness Monster, I will watch it. Um, And I know it doesn't exist, but it had such a powerful hold on me as a kid that I wanted to go see this place that I had invested so much imagination in. Uh, as when I was growing up, and I got to tell you, it's still creepy. I mean, you know, in your head, there's no freaking Loch Ness monster. It's just waves and driftwood and whatever. But I mean, it's just a creepy place. It's a lot like a really e- like an evil-looking version of the Columbia Gorge. It looks a lot like the Columbia Gorge. Very green, you know, bordered on both sides by green mountains. Big thing of water, just jet black, terrifying deep water. Went out on a boat. It was, I guess it was the worst day of the year. So these huge waves washing over the entire boat as we're in the middle of Loch Ness. I mean, it was just, it was great and terrifying all at once. Um, so, and then we did a thing where we toured a castle and did it whatever. But I mean, you went from to Swindon too, didn't you? I did. I did. I'll talk about that in just a second. So yes, I did go to Swindon, uh, home of the office. Uh, NXTC. So, so I went to, uh, yeah, so I did Loch Ness. And the, as I did Loch Ness, and there was this great moment where, we pulled away from the from the, the shore or whatever, and we go out, and we're in the middle of Loch Ness, and Loch Ness is huge. I mean, it's like 23 miles long, and it's however wide, like half a mile wide or a mile wide or something, and it's you know, like a mile deep, and it's just it's just insanely black and dark and deep and scary. But we're there, and these huge waves are washing, and I insisted on no, I didn't go downstairs. I insisted on staying on the top of the boat and just toughing it out because I wanted the full experience because I was paying for it. Um, and the guy's playing like this bagpiping music over like the speakers that are blaring out of the top of the boat. So that'll attract the monster. So there's so it's gray, it's raining. I'm on the middle of this huge black lock in which there's supposedly a monster. Waves washing over the boat and soaking me. And then meanwhile, blaring out of these tiny little Radio Shack speakers is like, you know, like bagpiping music. And I suddenly had this moment of like, this is the craziest moment of my entire life. Look at you making um, new experiments. It was so weird. Terrific. But it really was like checking off a thing on my head like okay at childhood fixation you know done i've been to loch ness you know what i mean it was just like i just had done it and i've seen it and so i don't have to think about it anymore so i've been to loch ness and so i was able to check it off um but to go to loch ness you go to a town called inverness which is just this tiny little i mean it's like the not even the kennewick it's just like the 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 insert unimportant minuscule oregon town here of scotland just cold and drizzly and just everything and you know you know, we had to walk, and it, it's not a touristy town because there's no possible reason anybody would ever want to go there. The only reason anybody goes there is like a, there's a bus line that goes through there. So, the good news was it was not like a touristy town. The bad news is it was not a touristy town, which there was nothing to do. It was really, unless you, what should we do? Well, I don't know. Let's eat shepherd's pie for five hours while we're waiting for the bus to take us somewhere. And just everybody spoke in this impenetrable accent. Everybody in the pub was like angry and drunk. And jobless and looking they just want it was like being in Sheffield in the full Monty. Like everybody just looked poor and angry, like they just wanted to punch you in the face. From the 1940s. Yeah, and just and the women, even the women who are, you know, twenty years old look like they're eighty and they just look bitter and like wrinkly and just I mean, and it, you, you, we walked through a cemetery because those are always great in towns you haven't been to, and it's like you know, so and so died. You know, in 12, you know, or whatever. And just like, you know. In 12. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, God damn. You're like, this town has been here forever, and it's always been horrid. You know, it's always been miserable. And it, it was sort of so 
it was such a small, miserable little town that it was kind of great, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, it really was like what a depressing, tiny little European town you always picture it like. You know what I mean? And you get the feeling that just a couple weeks ago it was still made out of straw. I mean, it was just so small and beat down. Um and it's but, pretty um, surreal when you see how different cultures live. Oh, my God, we are boring, everybody. Listen to us. I don't care. I enjoy this. All the other you know cultures. what? You know, it's, it's, it is fascinating, though. Is it not? Everybody you, you get knew. used to the way that you live, and then you actually go to another place, and you realize that people are living their lives on the same planet in it's completely like, totally. different who, who way. Who wouldn't want to go to the New World where the streets are paved with gold? <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. I mean, I mean, honestly, if you were living there, I mean, and somebody, I mean, I... You do understand why Manifest Destiny exists, you know yes. what I mean? Because we were we were talking about, um, you know, I had this friend of mine, like, uh, Lara has friends who, I had mentioned this before, will live and die their whole life in Orem, Utah, never having seen anywhere, ever, mm-hmm. not even having gone, never having seen, like, the ocean in America. And so when you go to a place like Inverness or, you know, Kessickstonster, you know, and you're just like... Like, you just see some old woman, and you realize she has lived her whole life in this tiny, like, cobblestone town, and you just feel so bad for her. And, I mean, I I know that makes me sound like the pig American going, let me take you to a civilized country, but really, honestly. I mean, it's not like living in London, which is, you know, very much like Manhattan in a lot of ways. That's what I kept having to remind myself. I kept having, in London, I kept having to say, like, okay, you're not in New York, because it just looks so much like Manhattan. God damn, man, in Scotland, there were places where, like, you could just smell, just smell just the centuries of tears in the air. Mm-hmm. I smell a potato famine. Oh, yeah, just babies being born and going, oh, God. You know, just realizing that, oh, this is where I have to live. To break up the monotony, let's see the lamb's tongue. <laughs> that dude. Did you have one? Uh, I did not have no, and I didn't have haggis. So quit asking. Ugh. I didn't have haggis. Haggis is gross. I, and look at the risk of more. At the, and then, well, Drake because Sarah has to pee. But at, really the, at the risk of more ugly American statements, um, it's not that I didn't have some good food. Because, again, I didn't do this. Did you eat McDonald's there? No, no. In fact, I, I very deliberately. You should totally eat McDonald's in different countries. It tastes a lot better. Really? Did you have the watery tomatoes for breakfast? No, I had the McDonald's on the way there at the Ohio, Ohio, Ohio airport. Ohio. And, oh, I that's saw, one of the and I saw that, like, at Burger King, they have, like, you know, crumbly apple hazelnut, you know, dirt. Shaker, you know whatever the local thing is, but we made it. We made a concentrated and a concerted effort not to eat anywhere that was American or that seemed like it was sort of touristy or you know designed for America. I want to win the kind of the real deal, um, but I'll put it this way. And this is actually not my quote. This is an Indian person uh, that we were talking to, a man from India who's there, and this was his quote. And he was a guy who ran like a curry because curry and all that stuff is like huge there. And he ran like a curry shop or whatever, and. This is his quote, and keep in mind, he lives there. He lives in London. And so this is the Indian guy's quote about the English food, which everyone had warned me about. Mm -hmm. The Indian guy, and I won't won't attempt to do the Indian accent, but the Indian guy said, he goes, normally when you move to a country, they have their own cuisine, and they have their own sort of specialties, and their own imprint that they've made on world cuisine. And he said, I have lived here for 25 years, and English cuisine is simply vile. So Well, they have breakfast. I'm going to eat breakfast every meal. Yeah, I'm going to say, really, that's largely true. A lot of what we had was just dreck. Uh, there was some of it that was really good, uh, but, uh, boy, some of it was just ass. Just ass. And then you do realize, last comment before Sarah goes to urinate, you do realize that, like, when you think in America, you go, well, let's go to a Thai restaurant. Let's go to a Japanese restaurant. Let's mm-hmm. go to a Chinese restaurant. Unless, I mean, I guess you could go to the horse brass or whatever, which is basically just about drinking. You really don't say, let's go out for some great English cuisine tonight. I now realize the reason for this. So, all right. Take a break. Back after this. More from Tim Riley. Uh, later on, James Roop. We'll talk to Scotty J. We haven't talked to Scotty J since we've been back. Uh, all that on the way. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. 
Rick Emerson radio program. Yeah, when I was, uh, we were at some cafe somewhere. I guess it was just in London proper. And they had, it was, uh, the, the, uh, I forget what the radio station was, but it was, you know, like, color, 101 point whatever. It was like some morning radio program in Britain, like an adult contemporary station. It was just terrible. And they really were doing, like, some variation on, like, what is this mystery sound? I mean, it was just so bad. It kind of made me feel good, though, you know, that there's, like, bad radio there as well, that it's not just an, an American phenomenon. Oh, so you didn't tell us about your accommodations. Were you happy with them? Oh, no, and I, see, and I was, see, uh, see my previous observation, my credit card bill. I thought we were staying at a hostel for, for, for a part of it. No, no, no. Hotels the whole time. The oh. whole way. Yeah. Oh, my. So that's, that's going to up my, like, Did you my, go to afternoon high tea, too? My visa bill by like, by, like, a factor of ten. Although, just as in New York, because uh, we stayed at, like, I don't know, the first time, we, the first night we were there, we stayed at a hotel that was, like, some variation on an American chain. It was, like, a Regent's. Regency or whatever, but it was. It, but of course, it's minimized. Like everything, they were. It's like being at Disneyland, where everything is two thirds size on Main Street. You know, like little tiny cups of water and little tiny, you know, the little tiny bed and the little tiny bathroom or whatever. But yeah, hotels the whole way. So I'm just be paying out the ass for that. That and the train ride, because we took a sleeper train oh. uh, to Scotland uh-huh. and then back. And of course, that's just unbelievably expensive as well. So yeah, it's fantastic. I I can't wait to see that bill. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, here is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, maybe we'll do news from London today. Oh, hey, speaking of uh, news from London, mm-hmm. uh, so I saw, I went to the Imperial War Museum. Ah, I'm glad you did. Boy, was that a big buzzkill. No, I mean, seriously. As I, as, no, I mean, it was great. Yeah. But I mean... There's like five floors there, and we did about a floor and a half. Yeah, and the first have been around for like 2,000 years. Yeah, we, zillions of we felt that our souls had just been so blackened by just like about the, the first and a half floor. We were, By the time we got halfway through the second floor, we were like, F this. Mm-hmm. Let's go find a park where there are puppies and daisies. I mean, it was so literally, uh, this is just, I mean, you've got to wonder about a museum. This tells you all you need to know. Literally, they have a whole floor that is just called the Crimes Against Humanity floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of a museum, really? I mean, even that's what it is. You, you could come up with some better name for it. I mean, I guess, I don't know what you'd call it, but it was like, hey, welcome to floor number four, Crimes Against Humanity. We did not go to that floor. We went to the... Um, no the Jack whole, the Ripper? No, I went on a Jack the Ripper tour, but I did not uh, oh. do the uh, Jack the Ripper Museum. Um, but we went to the part where they, they simulate the being in the Blitz. Yeah. And they had... Uh, oh, I've been to that before. The, the, you know, yeah. where Edward R. Murrow reported from, uh-huh. uh, which is great. And uh-huh. then there's the uh, World War II. But that was just... By the end, it was just so depressing. By the end of, you, by the, end of the World War II exhibit, you're just like, you know... You know, look at it, a whole collection of We Regret to Inform You letters. And after, you know, if you see like 40 of those, you're like, i I got to leave here. They still have the room full of rubble and you hear the air raid yeah, sound? Yeah, yeah. I went to that. Yeah, where it simulates being in a, in a firebombing on London. It's enough to make you cry. Oh, no. It was, I mean, it was not as bad emotionally as the Holocaust Museum, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it was up there. Because yeah. they, there's this whole section, because, of course, there was that thing, that whole section in World War II where the Nazis, and I'd known about all this beforehand, but the Nazis bombed uh, London for like 59 nights in a row, yeah. I think it was, 57, 59 nights, every single, 59 nights in a row, I mean, that's two solid months. Every night you hear that air raid siren, and I don't care who you are or what culture you live in or whether you've ever been in a war or not, because of the media, the air raid siren is a universally known, I mean, that strikes dread into everybody. It's like seeing a shark fin. You just hear the, you know, that air raid siren, and we all know that sound. And it just terrifies you just to hear it. But there's this whole thing where you can go in, and it simulates being in London at night during a German bombing. Yeah. And it is just 
I mean, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I mean, it's just, I realize I'm describing it's it. It's really draining by the time you're finished. Oh, by it. the time you're done, you're yeah. just like, by the it's time like, how do these people live through that? And by the time you're done, it, it, it is sort of like the Holocaust Museum in that, boy, we're really bringing the room up. Um, it's it's one of those shared experiences. I've been there, too. The Iranian president. Now let's talk about uh, horrible museums of death. Um, but by the time I got done with that museum that simulates being in the Blitz, the bombing of London, you get at the end of that, you're just like so ready to wash your hands of humanity. You're just like, F this. You're just so ready to wash your hands of people and just, you know. Did you go to the Holocaust Museum? Uh, not in England, but I went in uh, Washington, D.C. Okay. I went to the one in D.C., and that was enough. I don't even, I, there's, there's actually, there's a Crimes Against Humanity floor in, at the Imperial War Museum mm. of London. There's a Crimes Against Humanity, and there's a whole floor that's just the Holocaust. We didn't go to either of those. Mm. One Holocaust Museum in a lifetime is enough for me. But this thing where they simulate the London bombing, and then you walk out, and you just see the neighborhood on fire mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. I mean, it, 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 you're just, you are just so ready to hit the reset button on humanity as a whole. I mean, you just, you, you're, all your image of, of humankind is just, if you ever had any sort of faith in humanity, it's gone. 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 All right. Anyway, here's Tim Riley. <laughs> well, I'm glad you went. Anyway, uh, Noel, Ga- Noel Gallagher is a father again. Gallagher? Yeah. He and his partner, Sarah McDonald, gave birth to the couple's son Saturday in London. This new edition will be called Donovan Rory McDonald Gallagher. That's a very British name, I think. I don't know. Wow, well, Noel Gallagher is 40 years old? That's what it says here. Really? Yeah. Um, I should have something to say about Oasis. So he has a seven-year-old daughter named Anus. Or Anus. <laughs> <laughs> A and A I Oh, thanks for lifting the veil of blackness here oh, now. That's wonderful. I just wanted you to feel welcome at home well, again. Well, seriously, with, I mean, honestly, with that accent, who could tell? Maybe it's anus, maybe it's not. Who, who knows? I mean, really. So, all right. Well, there you go. Anus. Well, anus. a man has been ordered to jail for 10 weeks in London. This after he drove his company's Porsche 172 miles an hour. Well done. He nagged his boss to take the Porsche out for the day, but he was repeatedly told no. Instead, he took it anyway. <laughs> he quit his job shortly after his arrest. All right. Uh, Prince Charles has come across a Land Rover belonging to his late grandfather that has been sitting in a garage for 40 years. They used to drive it to a castle. It's a 1966 model. We're planning to do it up. It's a beautiful car that still runs well. But here's the picture. How could that possibly be beautiful and still run well? Oh. No, that's like saying, no, that's beautiful and runs well the same way that Camilla is beautiful and runs well, which is to say, no. Oh, I think I have a Camilla story here, too. Really? Uh, Yes, Camilla has become an honorary member of the Balladeer branch of the uh, British Women's Group. She follows in the footsteps of the late Queen Mother who belonged to it. You know, the uh, because of V for Vendetta, uh, we were doing that that thing where you, you see the, the you know you walk down by the Thames and there's the Parliament building, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And of course, because of V for Vendetta, the, every time I looked at the Parliament, I just pictured it exploding. <laughs> every time I looked at it, and I kept hearing the 1812 overture or whatever the hell it is, you know. Every time I looked at it, I just kept hearing the whole. The truth is, there is something very wrong about this country. Bam! And then just seeing all the buildings blow up. I mean, it's just that... that God, you do a really good impression of him. It's yeah. all just about... You just cup your hands. It's really easy. Do I sound like him? No. You just gotta, you just gotta do this. It's, okay. That movie, the V for Vendetta, had just so permanently warped my whole impression of England that I just viewed everything through that prism. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch it again tonight. Well, because you know what I didn't know? Uh, because, you know, I've talked at length. I mean, everybody's sick of it, probably, about how how insane it is that that movie was ever released. And I've said, you know, you, you could never have a movie in America where it I'm surprised end... it was you know, released in England because their terrorism laws are 
uh, much stricter than ours. And their freedom of speech laws are not as, um, uh, I don't say lax, but you, the, the freedom of speech laws are not as inclusive as they are here. For example, you know that South Park episode uh, that dealt with Tom Cruise and Scientology and, you know, Tom Cruise won't come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never showed that in Britain because under British law he could sue. Yeah. Um, so free speech is not as far-reaching there. So I'm surprised the movie was made. Um, but, you know, so they blow up Parliament at the end which would be like blowing up, um, you know, Congress here in, in a movie, um, it, which I'm opposed to in all forms. But what I did not realize, I didn't know what the Old Bailey was. So at the beginning of V for Vendetta, when he blows up the Old Bailey, I did not realize that the Old Bailey is the criminal courthouse. So that is, if you're a criminal, that's prob- that's where you, in London, that's where you're taken for trial. So that would be like blowing up, uh, I don't know, kind of like blowing up the Supreme Court here, I yeah. guess. So it, it, it's written, anyway, so that's so that movie, though, seeing that movie first kind of did a disservice to England because now everything I see is through the Wachowski Brothers' Alan Moore prism. All right, here, oh, by the way, don't forget, tonight at a, uh, midnight, actually at 11 p.m., tonight AM 970 is going to be uh, Circuit City, Jansen Beach for the midnight launch of Halo 3 tonight, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., giving away copies of the game uh, around at midnight, plus playing the game on big screens. Richie Bristol is going to be there holding it down for the uh, street team. Uh, if you purchase a copy of Halo 3 during that time, you get a free Master Chief wall graphic, and if you purchase Circuit City Gamer Savings Club uh, membership, you get 10% off video games, accessories, and PC games tonight. Tonight, tonight, be there. Uh, Circuit City, Jansen Beach, 11 p.m. tonight for the midnight launch of Halo 3. We'll be there. Here's Tim Riley. Time for the stuff. Watch. Here's your snuff watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson radio program. This uh, email says, what is American cuisine? This poses a question. What is American? Oh, this is uh, from my comment earlier about uh, how there is no English cuisine in America. Except, oh, you know what I forgot to do? Like a fool, the Horse Brass, which is a pub here, has a sister pub in London. And I forgot oh. to figure out what it was because I wanted to go there. Um, Rick, this poses a question. What is American cuisine? Please define. Uh, I'm not bitching. Uh, I love your, it says. Uh, that's Phil the Brit. Uh, Mac and cheese? You know, we should probably. Uh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna write this down. We'll do this later. What is America? Don't call about that. What is American cuisine? We what will not is, accept your call. What is American? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Your call will not be accepted. Uh, all right. Let's do one more, and then we'll talk to Scotty J. Well, six weeks before OJ was arrested in Vegas, he allegedly had a run-in with the law in South Florida. The Post report said police were called after Simpson allegedly threatened to kill his handyman. The allegations are made by Marlene Gonzalez, the whose husband man. Janice does uh, Janos or whatever does uh, landscaping and repairs at Simpson's multi-million-dollar home. Hear that, Fred Goldman? According to the police reports obtained by the Post, Simpson was very violent during the altercation, and at one point he believed he had a gun behind his back. Despite the dispute, the ex-football star accused Janos Gonzalez of having an affair with Christy Prody, 
is a long-time on-again, off-again girlfriend Wait, who's who, not all that attractive. Yeah. Who has an affair with Okay, yeah. with OJ? No, OJ's long-time on the on and off girl. The girl from the dating, the girl dating looks exactly like Nicole. Brown. But I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Who dates OJ Simpson? I mean, really? She looks like a plastic surgery, like money grubbing whore. Yeah, she really does. <laughs> does. I love this show. And you. That's the best comment ever. All right, fantastic. You can see that she has no soul, too, because you see her standing next to him. And it's she like, casts no reflection. She has no soul. You know. Soul? You know, it just takes a certain kind of person to be able to, you know, spend all that time with O.J. Simpson. And she looks like a whore. I think she does. Excellent. I second that. Uh, Rick, about air raid sirens. Thanks to your show, I imagine that if I were ever to hear an air raid siren warning me of impending death, I would instead think that Scotty J was being summoned somewhere. And then I'd make a bomber. I barely knew her joke before I exploded. The end. Thank you, sir. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Vanilla Ice is reportedly keeping Florida traffic courts busy. Mr. Ice, whose real name is Robbie Van Winkle, is due in court this week to face a charge of driving with an expired license. Court files show that in recent months, Mr. Rice has been busted for driving 74 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone, improper stopping, having illegally tinted windows, and HOV lane violations. He's also reported to have a uh, collection agency going after him for $200 in unpaid traffic fine. That's hilarious. Uh, speaking of believing his eyes... Scotty J. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me... Good morning, Metolia. Let's welcome out to the Rick Emerson Show our intrepid PA, Scotty J. Why, hello. Well, good afternoon, Valsette. Hi, how are you, Scotty? How are you, Rick? Are you, Sarah? Are you drunk welcome today? back. Are you, Thank you, are you hungover or drunk? I think he's drunk on power because we were gone for a week and he got used to having it be the Scotty J. He wasn't charged. He wasn't charged. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Scotty was offering me Keebler snack cookies as I walked by his uh, his lair just recently. He wasn't eating his big box of white cheddar Cheez-Its? Well, here's the problem. I wanted to share these. Have you gained weight since I was Yeah, gone? that's the problem. I, I don't I don't know what it is. You, you have just, gained weight. You turn 41 and you just He hasn't gained bullied. weight. I looks, have. I'm not trying to be a jerk. You look like you've put on a little weight. Look, I, I ate like seven meals a day, so I'm... I think his T-shirt's just kind of big. No. That's in the face. It's it's he looks puffy. Too much Cheetos, too much, you know. Yeah, I'm not, Keebler, I'm, I'm not going to be flipping. You know what, then maybe Scotty J did, in fact, quit smoking, because isn't that the post-smoking that is true. puff? Have, are you still on the uh, wagon? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah, he does look like he's been a little weight. Again, I ate like a fiend, so undoubtedly I'm all bloated, I eat pizza but, every day, sometimes yeah. three times a day. I mean, I had a sandwich at one point that was just nothing but bacon and brie cheese. Literally, it was good. like half a pound of brie and half a pound of bacon melted and deep fried. Did you see those cucumber sandwiches while you were there? Uh, my uh, wife had one of those. So, what do they hollow out a cucumber, put the sandwich in it? No, something? they do it with potatoes though. Oh. Uh, Rick, welcome back. I expect you were not able to find the Loch Ness monster because he was here in Portland uh, working on your best ofs. That actually leads me to the next email. Oh, while you were out. Rick, welcome back, Rick and Sarah. Here's a quick recap of what happened while you were gone. By the way, later we're going to do a whole uh, What Did I Miss segment. The first Friday Rick, Rick was gone, the same 15-minute best-of segment played twice in a row. On Monday, part two of a segment played first, then part one began in mid-sentence. Then a break happened in the middle of the other sentence. <laughs> On Wednesday, Scotty J started the day off with a torrent of filthy profanity from Happy Gilmore, causing the entire dump to be used before the show even started. This is the first I'm hearing about any of this, by the way. Wait, he... He dumped... He had to dump it all, apparently. Well, the reality was it was only the last maybe five seconds, but just to be safe... 
We dumped the whole thing. Yeah. So. Start, Scotty started off Wednesday with a torrent of profanity from Happy Gilmore, causing the entire dump to be used before the show even started. You also missed the best story ever, which involved a man urinating on a dying woman while shouting, This is YouTube material. Scotty also left out the best part of the Steven Seagal interview, which was you and Sarah's reaction when you hung up the phone. Finally, on Thursday, Scotty treated us to the 12-inch club remix of a best-of segment with stutters, stops, and skips all the way through the audio. Long story short, the week was fantastic. Kudos to Scotty and Kristen, who is your station's Mandy Moore, by the way. She exudes sunshine and happiness, and especially Tim for holding it all together. Scotty, would you care to respond to any of these uh, allegations? Nope, it's all true. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thanks for following up the story. Can you see why, if you have to use it up, maybe why I don't play all the things that you send me? Well, I... Play this without I listening to it. I swear, clean. I don't know. So what, what happened is, uh, and I'll, I'll make it real brief. Well, it, the beat kind of happened after, after the... Exactly. It's like... It's well, we like it. they'd say the word and then beep, but I thought it sounded like it was beep when I pre-listened to it. So it who did the beeping? The actual movie. So clearly not. Why would the Correct. movie be censored? It's that part where Happy Gilmore's beating up the guy. And yeah, but I'm saying, Barker? did you listen to it? Kind of like that. Yes, I did. And it, 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 in your <laughs> head, it sounded clean. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can just imagine. But I can. Can't you completely <laughs> picture Kristen's face too, as like it plays and immediately it's like the f word or whatever? Can't you just picture? And Scotty, like, shrugging, like, I don't know. That's kind of what happened. I don't know how it happened. (laughs) So it was just the last couple seconds, but we dumped the whole thing, so it never happened. Apparently. And as far as all those other mystery things that Mm -hmm. went on, I, weird. Was there a segment of the show that just skipped and stuttered? Yes. (laughs) Why did that happen? And I was going to let it go, but Kristen decided to pull the plug on it and go to a commercial, so... Mm -hmm. Foolish Kristen, pulling the plug on a segment that was skipping and stuck. Because I didn't, I didn't know how long it would actually last. So let's just sit there and see how long just it endure it. Remember just the, make it some sort of a contest. Remember the old days from the uh, uh, from the coin building. Um, yes. We were having a problem with our recorder, uh-huh. and it would skip uh-huh. and do stuff like that. That yeah. old recorder yeah. we used to have. So if we want to hear older shows, that's the risk we take, listeners. That's the risk we take when. Let me, let me ask you this. Did you listen to it before you gave it to Kristen to play? Uh, bits and pieces. And the thing <laughs> is, Rick, no. I would be listening to, you know, a week's worth of audio. Well, know, I was gone a week, so that wouldn't yeah. follow. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do that. <laughs> no, of course. What would be the possible reason? Why would you possibly want to listen? No, think about it. If I had to listen to a whole week's worth of audio prior to the week that we... It would take you a week, yes. Yeah. Above and beyond the actual week where we play it. I'm just letting you... I'm just saying, <laughs> I told you like six weeks in advance. That's okay. the only point I'm making. I'm not trying to bust your chops. You did a great job. Sounds like you held it together. I'm just saying, this is what happens when we when we put off creating best ofs until the last moment. I'm just I saying... I need to actually sounds get like, a sounds best like it worked, thing though. going where we have a whole bunch of them sitting there ready to go. Because you know what? We could have uh, a rainy day that we need one. Yes. Whatever that means. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, during the uh, Master Mix uh, Thursday show, yeah, I, it lasted about 15 minutes. I called in about a minute in, and he said, yep, that's just what it's, it's going to keep doing that, so get used to it. <laughs> Is that true, Scotty? Get Scottie? used to it? Yeah. That's exactly what I said to him, 100%. Now, because I thought it would end like, I didn't think it would go 15 minutes or 10 minutes. I thought it was just like... A first couple skips in the beginning. How long did you let it keep happening? It probably the segment probably either went for what ten minutes, tops. So I think it was about fifteen. So for fifteen minutes, 
No, 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 no. It's not like you think, where it just total stuttering every other word. No. It was about every third, third sentence. Word. Right. Oh, really? <laughs> it wasn't that bad. So let's say that I do I'd, uh, I'd... three sentences in ten seconds. So that would be 18 sentences a minute times, let's say, 10 minutes. So 180 sentences. No, here's what I'd say. Uh -huh. Within 15 minutes, you probably had 10 skips. Oh, that's so not true, man. Rick would get <laughs> halfway through his story to go, ba 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 That's wonderful. <laughs> you remember the days when it did that? You remember that song, The Surfing Bird? It was just like that. <laughs> did Kristen just finally turn it off? She did. Did you come and yell at her? Yeah, I told her I was going to leave. And then Tim apologized for about 30 seconds on the air. Good for you, Tim. Aww. Thank you, Tim. I'm I said, sorry I'm going to leave. Why did you do that? And then I went back and I go, ah, maybe it's a good thing she did that. Did, you did get a communications degree, right? You're still waiting for that. Was there a, that is correct. Was there like a true false where it said, like, you have flawed and stuttering <laughs> audio. Do you let it play endlessly? Yes or no? <laughs> All well, right. the show must go on number one. Number two, I thought it would end. It just never ended. It did end when Kristen turned it off like yes. 15 minutes later. Yep. All right. Thank you, Rob. Welcome back, guys. Excellent. Thank Thanks, you. Rob. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, welcome back, Rick. Hey, thank and you. Sarah. Thank you. So, uh, this is Jesse in the coop. I'm driving on Mill Planet Chocolate. There's a guy on the corner holding a big red cross wearing a red jumpsuit. It's so important that Coin6 is now going to interview him. What? I don't Why understand. is he wearing a jumpsuit? I don't understand. Is it, well, there's a big red cross. I mean, this, thing, this thing's big, probably like, you know, 15 foot tall. This guy's kneeling on the corner. It's got a briar, you know, halo right. on the cross. It says, it either says, Jesus is risen or Jesus is nethers. I just turned the I think if I Jesus was written, we'd hear about it. I, I mean, know. they'd interrupt regular programming for that. Yeah, so, and now it's so important that Coin6, which obviously has lots of free time on their hands. <laughs> You're sending it, one of their robots out to cover it? Well, no, it's just, there's a human there with a van. It's crazy. All right. Thank you for the heads up, sir. There you go. Uh, Kristen Bowie has emailed, by the way. She says, by the way, I forgot to mention that, Rick. Talk about a panic attack. Scotty swore that audio was clean, by the way. And then when I dumped all the happy Gilmore, he thought I went overboard. And, yes, I had that look. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Hi, uh, Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, there, guys. Welcome back from vacation. What's up? Excellent. Must say, best enough watch ever. Thanks for bringing a smile to my face. And uh, keep up the good work, guys. Thank you. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, Kristen, has, what did he say? I didn't even hear it. Best enough watch ever. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Kristen has, by the way, she said, by the way, it was not 15 minutes, it was 10. It was horrible, she says. Scotty kept telling me it would stop, so I kept thinking it might and kept giving it a chance. Kristen never, never listen to Scotty. Listen to Scotty. He means well, but a lot of times he's just BSing. It's the salesman in him. No, it's true. And then Scotty threatened to go home, but we did it anyway. Yeah. He threatened to go home? <laughs> no, after. Did he throw a diva tantrum? I did. Did you threaten to go home? Are you yes, kidding I did. Me? I was just red in the face pissed because at I'm what? like, because I thought, I thought it was going to stop. I thought the skipping was going to stop. But the damage stop. was already done. Okay, listen. I thought the hold on. I gotta pull up the chair. Hold on. I thought we were gonna break, but now we gotta wait. Okay, so hold thought, on. Okay. First hey. of all, yes. I had no backup plan. <laughs> all right. Always start your story with that. And I thought the that skipping is, was gonna stop. That is a stop. bad thing for a live program. Seriously, like, then she pulled the plug on it and looked just, at me. Can like, I just stop you know. for a second? Okay. Go when ahead. you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole. When you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole, don't stop by. Don't start it by saying, first of all, Rick, you should know I had no backup plan. Don't. You shouldn't admit that like very first thing out of your mouth. Okay. I'm a truthful guy, and here's the deal. I uh -huh. was, I was, it was hard enough just to get each hour up on time. 
I mean, I was running behind all week. I was here extra late hours. I had to listen to what audio I could. Because you had to make sure there was no profanity. Or so you could take it out. I had to look for skipping. Yeah, so you could remove it. <laughs> it just so happens that I must have been in the restroom while I played. See, but here's the thing. is I'm not, I'm, again, please don't please don't think I'm belittling the amount of work you do, obviously. You do, you do a lot of things. And a lot of things that the audience doesn't even know about. You do work very hard, and I'm not trying to be flip. That's very true. But your claim that... Well, Rick, if you're going to be gone for a week, it's going to take me a whole week to get the audio ready. Is clearly not true because you obviously didn't listen through to the audio. Or you would have known that it was A, full of profanity, and B, skipping for like 15 minutes. Right, but it's hard to get the actual story. The clip from Happy Gilmore is only two minutes, okay? The last five seconds of it, he says the F word. Yeah. But then they beep it out after he's already said it. Okay, so. You see how that doesn't work, though? I, I, I do. They beep it out but, after he's but, said but, it. But she was worried that the whole minute 30 or two minutes of yeah. that Happy Gilmore thing. Well, when, when one hears didn't. the F word just come out, one does hit the dump button pretty. You get a little too happy about that. Well, that's I would have told yeah. her to do the same thing. So. Yeah, that's, no, All I right. thought that was fun. So now let's, let's jump ahead to when you threatened to leave. No one told me about this. When did you threaten to go home? What day was I it? I just was pissed off because she pulled the plug before. She, okay, here's what happened. Hold and on, and we made up about it. But What, what day was this? Oh, God. Uh, Thursday, maybe. All right. So this I is guess. a skipping day. Yeah. So you put a best of in. She comes back there. She says, I'm thinking about pulling the plug but, on this. Let's I just, go, we'll let it go for a second. Let's just back up for a second. You put the best of show in. She starts playing it. And the audio is all skippy and patchy. Every once in a while it did the la 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 la, and then it'd go on. With the it word. does the what? You you remember the days when we used to do the recordings and yes. it would go I, 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 and then it'd move on with whatever yeah. word it was? Uh-huh. That was the old recorder we used to have. Okay. Well, if we want to hear old shows, I would sit for literally hours to edit a show to get rid of all that stuff, and then you'd be missing words. And so, But okay. I, I didn't know that this particular day skipped. Okay. I just, because when I listen to it, I just listen to a few seconds here, jump over here, oh, that sounds okay. good. So good, good. we start to play it on the air, and it begin, and it's sort of skipping. Every once in a while, yeah. Okay. And so that went on, and she came and said, hey, this audio sounds bad. Yeah, after about five, six minutes. Okay. And but, then you said you know, what? You said, it'll stop. Said, yeah, give it, a, give it a few. Now, why did you think it would stop? Because I remember in the old days that some hours were perfectly clean, but from the same day you would have... You know, a few skips in between them from that old recorder. Here's my question. <laughs> You're playing the audio. Minute yes. one has skips. Minute two has skips. <laughs> Minute three has skips. Minute four has skips. Minute five has skips. I don't know if it's that bad. That's what a little makes, dramatic. I guess what I'm saying is what makes you then think, no, 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 minute six will be different. It'll be good. Well, a little bit of this. Crossing his fingers is yes, what he's doing yes, right now. A little bit of that. So and you were sort of guessing. A little bit of knowing that uh, eventually it just like cleans itself up from listening to all those old... Did did that ever happen? It didn't because we pulled the plug at like <laughs> 7, 8, 10 minutes. How long... <laughs> let me ask you this. Because you did pay $20,000 for a communications degree. How many minutes would you deem acceptable? In other words, at what minute would you have decided we should maybe bag out? You know, if it was... At 15 solid minutes, which we did not play. <laughs> and it wasn't that bad that you... 15 bad, 10, fine. No, here's the deal, Rick. It was entertaining audio, an entertaining day, an entertaining show. It was St. Patrick's Day. And it was just a few words here and there that would skip, but you could make out what All the right. words were. Okay, so I would say let about 15 minutes go. If it doesn't clear itself up by then, you know, it's like a, it's like a cold, right? If, if you don't get over the cold in a day or two... you. You know. Yes, it's just like a cold. 
Uh huh. It's exactly like that. It's cold audio, is what um, it was. Okay, and so Kristen finally, uh, you know, Kristen was the one running the show. Well, Kristen finally said, "Well, this sounds bad. We're turning it off." Yeah, and here's the deal. She came down the hall and she said, "Hey, I'm thinking about pulling. I'm thinking." But two seconds later, she pulled it. And so, but I, I'm like, that's yelling, usually what happens I'm, when someone says, "Hey, I'm thinking about turning I'm this off." I'm thinking about it. That that indicates you're going to let it go for a couple more minutes. Well, you said that she let it go for a couple more minutes and then turned it off. No, it was like, I'm thinking about it, and seconds later, it was off. Well, I And mean, then I had no backup plan, so I'm running down the hall going, what the hell's going on? And freaking out because, you know, I didn't know what we were going to play next or what we were going to do. Here on so, KCMD Portland. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And so did, did you then threaten to go home? I, I I don't know what I said. Tim? Tim, I was just like... Tim, you were I, here. I'm just so pissed. I'm going to go home. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm thinking about leaving or something like that. And I said... Now, in what... In well, what? you know that radio is one of those things where if you can't stick on, out under the pressure, I mean, Seriously. it's not a good industry to be in. you got to kind of hold your I, cool. I agree. Buckle like Sarah. a belt. I agree. <laughs> if you can't I should have left. The, if you can't stay in the heat of the kitchen, go to the You're basement. right. I should have left. Now, what was... No, now, you shouldn't have left. I don't, I don't think you had any intention of leaving. No, but in your head, how are you thinking that would make things better? I think it was more or less like, you know, when you get upset. Because she had, she had already made the change on the air, and therefore you leaving wouldn't have changed anything because she already put on I know a different that. program. I think sometimes people just need to walk around the block, you know. By some people, do you mean Scotty J? Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, Scotty J needs sometimes you just need time. to cool your head because I, I was just like... And your jets, Scotty. Fran- yeah, jets. Frantic, a little bit, uh, you know, on adrenaline flow to make sure things are going right. Obviously, I'm not in charge. I'm not in control. I'm not trying to take control, but I take pride in making sure that things are going right. And, yeah, you can go, oh, well, then why did you let the skipping stuff go? Also because the profanity. that's all we had. And the profanity thing was just a couple of seconds at the end that we beat yeah. out. But that whole, doesn't matter. The whole entire thing went away. Maybe so they only got played. Maybe they only find us a little bit at the end. Maybe they only give you a little bit of If you go to the fine. podcast, you can listen to it. Great. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks so much. All right. So, anyways... All right, uh, this one says... But, but to Scotty's credit, he did not walk out on us. Right, I cooled my jets, right? Took a little walk around the park. Did you really go walk? No. No. Did you just go back to your room and sulk? Did you go out and have a cigarette? Did you go, go have a no. cigarette? That would have been the time to have a cigarette. Drink and beat Is one of your okay children? at that time? Yes. It, it would be okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, this one says, this email says, Rick, there were some moments when Kristen did indeed have to burn the entire 40-second button during the Happy Gilmore sound file. And yes, Kristen really did decide to pull the plug on the skipping show, which did last 15 minutes, mind you. Only about five minutes of show got covered in those 15 minutes. Good thing Scotty J kept telling Kristen how to run the board correctly. Just saying. Were you, did you, uh, were you instructing Kristen on how to run the show? Very first day I said, hey, did I load this? Did we do this? Did we do that? Second day she's like, uh, how are you feeling? Because she's like, I've been doing this for a while and I realize that. But again, you know. It just must be the boss in me. I don't know what the hell. I was just wanting to make sure things went right and because I care. And so second day I come in, she's like, how's things going? I go, great. I go, you know, I feel like we're on autopilot. And that's kind of how it was the rest of the week. This uh, email says, Scotty is whitewashing. It was like the Rick Emerson show guest hosted by Mel Tillis. Best week ever. Glad <laughs> to have you back. Mel Tillis, famous stuttering country singer. Uh, let's see. Um. All right. Well, this is okay. We're just getting more. Let me get this. Whoever this is, and then we'll. Uh, I guess we'll get Jim Rupert. We'll break or something. Sarah will decide. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey. Uh, what's the name of the show? I'm sorry. The name of the show. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. Okay. Enough said right there. It's not Scotty J Show. Maybe yeah, screwed thanks for, up. Thanks for you clearing left. that up. So you abandoned ship is what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I, so Scotty threatened to walk out, but I did walk out. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, guess what? Yeah. Click. All right, Ooh. then. Well done. All right. Now, that was funny. All right. Well, sorry you cracked you know, into the pressure, Scotty. No, I didn't. I, no, I, no, it sounds very much like you did. I mean, don't you ever have those moments no, in life he where he refused you... to leave after promising to do so? Exactly. <laughs> they tried to get him. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple security guards lifting me up by the back they shoulders. Tried and... to get him to go out. I'm like, wait a second. Uh huh. All right. Anyways, yeah, I did the best and, I could. And do. a powerful and it, woman took control you know, over the show over Scotty. That's right. How does it feel to be completely emasculated, Scotty? How does it feel to have a woman step in and save the day? Okay. I feel like uh, if we're going to do best ups in the future, obviously I should have some tucked away for a, quote, rainy day. Maybe not be doing them like a couple hours before they're Correct. supposed to air. Yeah. yeah. All right. Puts a lot of pressure on you. And by you, you mean you, Scotty <laughs> J. All right. All right. Thank you, Scotty. Good okay. job. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you. All right. There you go. Are we breaking? Oh, listen to that. Back after this, James Roop joining us from Los Angeles. More from uh, Tim Riley and so forth. He stayed at the Rick Emerson Show live once again. Don't, 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 don't go anywhere. Back after this. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. Don't forget, tonight, 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 Halo 3. Tonight, AM 970 is going to be at Circuit City, Jansen Beach, for the midnight launch of Halo 3, starting at 11 p.m. We'll be there. Uh, Richie Bristol will be there as well. Many of you remember Richie from uh, the back when we did the Intercom show. He's come over with the rest of us now. Uh, we'll be giving away copies of Halo 3 around midnight, plus playing the game on the big screen. And if you purchase a copy of Halo 3 tonight during that time, you'll get a free four-foot Master Chief wall graphic while supplies last. Uh, tonight, AM 970, Circuit City, Jansen Beach. And if you purchase Circuit City Gamer Savings Club membership, you get 10% off video games, accessories, and PC games. So there you go. It's fi- Oh, this is probably Jim Roop right there. It's 503-733-2970. We'll get this call. Then we'll get Jim Roop. Uh, then we'll talk about what did Rick Emerson miss while he was gone. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Hey, it's Brent. Uh, I'm the guy that you talked to just before you left as and left Oregon. Oh, yes, Brent. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hey, how are you guys doing? What's I hope up, everybody brother? enjoyed their vacation. Hey, i got to say, even though Scotty J screwed up Thursday, he definitely uh, redeemed himself Friday by replaying the drunk show. That was just great. <laughs> by falling on his sword. He did take one for the team by replaying the drunken program, which we did. Exactly. Many people had asked uh, for him to replay the drunken, uh, the drunk show, and uh, we didn't know that he would be doing that, uh, but he did apparently. So yeah, so good on you, Scotty. That's great radio right there. <laughs> Excellent. Great radio begins and ends with fortified wine, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, you guys have a great day. You too. There you go, that's Brent. I don't know, but whatever. Sarah last filled with the green manalushi of the coupon crown. That was great. Fantastic, ladies and gentlemen from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent of the stars, James Roop. Hello, brother. <laughs> How you doing? What the hell did he just <laughs> Let's listen again. This is Scotty uh, a few weeks ago, drunk on fortified wine. Here we go. I don't know, but whatever Cheryl last filled with the green manalushi of the coupon crown, that was great. <laughs> there you go. Don't drink, kids. Jeez. <laughs> It's good to be back on the show, isn't it, Jim? Uh, uh, oh, you missed a lot last week. Have I have I not played you any of Scotty's drunk sound? Oh yeah, but I didn't hear that. No, oh no, that it's, it's great. Let's see. Hold on. Let, I've got some more here <laughs> from that same day. Hold on. Let's see. Scotty drunk. This one's called. Uh, let's see. Where is the one where he's talking about the mouse? Hold on. Let's see. I think this might be. Uh, 
Let's see here. Let me now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, no, that's not it. Um, let's see. I got one more here. Hold on. I think it might be this one. This is uh, from that same day. So we're welcoming Scotty here. And, uh, Scotty, don't come in. It's recording. So this is us checking in with him. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show our PA, Scotty J. Hi, Scotty. How are you today? Uh, doing great, Rick. Do you want another tropical thunderdog, Scotty? Excellent. Um, did you call me? No, yes, yes, I did just now. <laughs> I thought you came over when you were talking. You came over. These are wait. No, stop. you leaned your Everybody head in. Stop! Everybody, stop! These are great headphones. I have the cheapest headphones in the world. Yes. And these are awesome. It's like I, I, I hear myself in the third dimension. Which what that is, was great. All right then. How would you rank the drinks that you've been having so far? Where did you like that? The tropical thunder. I gotta tell you, you know what? It looked the most putrid of all. It looked the most disgusting. It was the most Frankenstein, ugly looking drink I've ever seen in yes. my life, and it was the best one, Sarah. <laughs> What was it called again? The Tropical Thunder Dog. Oh, it was Tropical <laughs> Thunder Dog. That one has some taste. Excellent. All right. And Vividity. Right. <laughs> Please just spell Vividity. And then define it. Yes, sir. It is. Please be spelling that. V-I. V-I. Here's a, here's a pen, Scotty. V. Vividity. Uh-huh. I-T-Y. Um... B E S T E A S T E. Excellent. Thank you. All right. right. No, we really are. No, it's fantastic. All right, there you go. So at the at the end of the call, we'll play one more. But uh, oh man. Yeah, like father, like son. Oh gosh. Ah, all right. How are you, Jim? Oh. You know, I I left the country, and it's like the day Tim left the show, and Paris Hilton got arrested, or where where got sent to jail. So I leave the country, and everything goes crazy. Okay, so. I, the only news I read, because I was in London, and the only news I read was the British tabloids, because I wanted to just not dwell on, on what was happening in America that I wasn't able to cover. But even over there, they were like, OJ arrested! And I mean, it's, so let's start, and I know that everybody else is probably sick of this, but, you know, everybody's going to have to humor me here. Let's start from the beginning. What is, I don't understand, what happened, what, what is the deal with OJ? What do you mean? What's the deal? With well, it? keep in mind, I've been out of the country. I don't really know okay. what happened. So well, nobody knows exactly what happened yet. Here's what we think happened. Uh, well, first of all, what we do know for sure is OJ was arrested, charged with 11 counts, 10 of them felonies, Fantastic. including kidnapping and uh, first-degree kidnapping and uh, conspiracy and all this stuff. And that kidnapping could get him life in prison. Wonderful. Now, it, it involves it involves an alleged theft of sports memorabilia from a hotel room in Las Vegas. But these two guys who claim to be victims, they have a, quite a, a shady past also. They've been involved with uh, O.J. before in certain things like this. And so it, all, it smells funny from both sides of things. But is, is there an audio tape of O.J.? There is, there's an audio tape that was released by one of the alleged victims. Um, this actually wasn't released. It was sold to TMZ.com, which is what I thought was kind of strange in the first place. But um, it, it, you can hear O.J. and a couple of other guys in the room uh, telling these guys, you know, shut up, sit down, that stuff's mine, what have you. Uh, O.J. claims he was conducting his own 
sting operation <laughs> to get his stuff back. Noted law enforcement agent Orenthal James Simpson. <laughs> he didn't want to contact police because police don't like him. Uh, really, get in line. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But you know, it, and and it's and, and if you take a listen to <clears throat> what the prosecution has said so far, what the DA has said so far, and they haven't said much, but it really looks as if. They have a pretty good case against O.J. I mean, it's like every one of those but one, as you said, is a felony. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm trying to figure out right now what would be more entertaining for the country, O.J. convicted or O.J. walking again. I mean, I really can't figure out. Well, he may walk again because this, I mean, it, it sounds so bad from from his side, from O.J.'s side. These, these guys, it sounds like entrapment. It really does. It sounds like uh, these guys, because we all know from, from covering O.J. over the past 12 years that it's easy to push his buttons and sure. have him explode. Sure. And uh, it sounds like these guys, for some reason, wanted to push his buttons and then get him in trouble. And they did it. But all the stuff's coming out now about these guys. Um, in fact, one of them was, uh, was, was arrested on a, patrol, on a parole violation and alleged uh, he, he, was, he was convicted of stalking. Wasn't supposed to leave California, but did. Went to Nevada, Las Vegas, and uh, so he was arrested shortly after that. This other guy, this um, oh shoot, I forgot the guy's name now. Uh, but anyway, he was uh, he's he's had some uh, a sordid past, if you will, a couple of convictions for this, that, and the other thing. But it's uh, it, it just it just smells bad on both sides, and we're not going to know anything until we start getting into the meat of this thing, and that's going to be with some sort of hearing or trial. Or this thing may be resolved before it even hits trial. I think, you know, they may just go, we're dropping charges. So he may walk again. He may not be guilty of anything wrong, um, except maybe taking the law into his own hands, but he'll just get a slap on the wrist for that. This is just such a weird thing all the way through. Oh, man, it really, and it was even weirder there. You know, I mean, I went to, I wish you were on the air, because you would have loved to, <laughs> the, 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 that whole circus that was the O.J. thing outside that Clark County Jail, uh, where O.J. was held for a couple of days. It was just, it was, I mean, a guy dressed in chicken suit, some guy dressed as Fred Flintstone. It was just a mess out there. I just, I can't even imagine. I mean, if he goes to trial, it would be, where, it would be in Nevada? Where would it be, where would he go yeah, to trial? Yeah, it would be trial? in Las Vegas. Okay, so, I mean, I can't, I mean, in Las Vegas, is just an insane town anyway. Yeah. I mean, I just can't even imagine. All right, so, uh, I'm not going to get too, too wrapped up in, in, in that, because there's going to be more unfolding. Um, anything new, Inspector? The Phil Spector case. Uh, no, the jury is looking at a videotape. We're not exactly sure what videotape they're looking at right now, but I'm guessing it's probably the DeSouza tape, uh, the uh, the interview with detectives of Adriana DeSouza, who, right. who was Spector's chauffeur that night that Lena Clarkson died, because he's the one who claims he Spector came out of the house with a gun in his hand and said, I think I killed somebody. Yeah. And the jury and the defense says the fountain was too loud. He probably misheard what Spectre said. <laughs> yeah. No, so. no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snore, but I mean, really, what could you possibly, what could you mishear? I mean, what would you say that sounds like I just killed someone? I don't know. It, you know, when you hear the tape of DeSalvo's call to 911, he didn't say, I'm not sure what happened. I think he said this. He said, my boss came out, he's got a gun in his hand, he said, I think I killed somebody. I mean, he was pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds definitive. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't going, uh, y'all really know what was going on there. You know, the defense is that, that fountain's way too loud. All right, and so we've got that, and then the final uh, part of this uh, celebrity white trash trifecta. Oh, Britney Spears. Britney Spears charged on Friday with hit and run and driving without a license. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, without a valid driver's license. She was never issued a California driver's license, and she's been here long enough that she should have that done, so that's a misdemeanor crime also. So, But, but it happened back in August uh, when she hit that Mercedes in the parking lot. She went to the Green Earth Vitamin store to, to shop, and she hit a car first. It was caught on tape, and, you know, Friday it was... Uh, I broke that story. That was very cool. Yeah, see, I'm never leaving the country again. I'm never taking another vacation. I'm never taking another day off. <laughs> I have you now. You may have heard this already because you've got your ear to the ground. Have you heard this thing about Britney and Playboy magazine that came out today? No, I did not hear that. All I've been right. stepping down to this courthouse let me, all day. Let me read this now to you. This is from um, the website for Stuff Magazine. Uh, let's see. And I think it, they originated this, but it does look like the real deal. Uh, okay, now listen to this. And, I mean, this is one of those stories that is unsurprising, inevitable, but you still have to just – this this story is still kind of like an everlasting gobstopper. You just kind of got to roll it around in your mouth a little bit and ponder it because it, it does – there's so much contained – this story is such a microcosm of Britney's career arc. I mean, this story sums up the whole Britney career arc. This is from Stuff that just came out today. Hugh Hefner's Playboy magazine has turned down the offer of a nude photo shoot starring Britney Spears. It has been revealed. Uh, the National Ledger has reported that Britney wanted a seven-figure deal to strip for the iconic magazine, but Hefner was only willing to part with $400,000 U.S. Five years ago, at the height of her chart success, Britney had been offered $2 million to pose for Playboy magazine, and she had declined. A source tells a ledger that photos of Britney without underwear, etc., etc., has, quote, lowered her value. Britney is truly delusional. She thinks anybody's going to pay to see her in the nude at this point, said the source. She's already bared too much to flesh out for free while partying for that to happen. Um, there was a time when Hefner was willing to pony up $2 million, but that time has long passed. So there you go. It's. I mean, that's... Did you ever think you would get to the point when Britney offers to pose for Playboy for some sum, and they just say, eh, no, pass? No, I, I never thought that would happen. I mean, it, I... Well, because I never thought she let herself go the way she did. No, I mean, that's the thing. is, It's inconceivable to me that we have gotten to this point with Britney Spears where she's uh, apparently offering to pose, which I believe... Uh, you know, because she's trying to get the, you know, any exposure and any sort of whatever. And the Playboy is just sort of like, mm, no. I mean, I am old enough to remember, because she's been around for almost 10 years now, mm -hmm. to remember um, how there was all of this, and this is sort of creepy, but I remember all of this. There were the countdown clocks and these blogs about when is Britney going to turn 18 and blah, 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 because there was everybody, mm -hmm. you know, there was such a demand for revealing photographs of her, but there was this weirdness because she was underage, and I remember it was such a huge deal when she was, you know, legal and whatever, because she was such a sex symbol. And to think that she is now to the point where she's basically offering to, to pose to strip it off her Playboy, and Playboy just sort of goes, nah. I mean, in such a short period of time that we have gotten to that, it's just astounding. I mean, that's the you microcosm know, I, of the whole thing. I remember speaking with her, man, must have been seven, eight years ago, maybe longer than that, um, at uh, one of those, uh, uh, not the Grammys, maybe the American Music Awards. But she was so nice and so sweet, and, you, and I thought, well, you know, I don't mind that my daughter likes this, this girl. You know, she, Yeah. On the Disney uh, radios, the thing, whatever that was, eh, she's she's okay. And man, she is just I'm, maybe she and OJ should get together and go bowling. Uh, <laughs> they, they seem like the perfect pair right now because they're both nuts. They do really seem, and I don't, I'm probably the billionth person to make this analogy, but Brittany really does seem to be following that Anna Nicole Smith career arc. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean Burns. I've never heard anybody. Uh, I'll say that to be honest. No, it burns really brightly, largely, and I'm not trying to be flip about this, but largely because you didn't really 
see them talk a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember Anna Nicole Smith, and I've told this story before, I thought she was British for some reason for the longest time. I think because those guest jeans ads looked very exotic. They looked sort of foreign. And I remember thinking, for some reason, I just thought she was from Europe. And she was so glamorous and so truly beautiful, Anna Nicole Smith was, at least in those early photos. And I remember the first time she, uh, I saw her interviewed, and she opened her mouth, and this, like, southern fried hick accent came out. <laughs> And, it, 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 you know, and, and then she just did, you know, it's like the, turned into a pumpkin, you know, and then the pumpkin turned into a gourd, and then the gourd turned into, like, you know, some crap at the bottom of your trash can. <laughs> um, same thing with Brittany. Brittany, if you think about this, Brittany was so uh, white hot uh, and just beautiful and, mm-hmm. and uh, alluring. But think about it in the early days of her career, how rarely you ever saw her just sort of speak. And it's because her handlers, I think, knew that a lot of it was the you had to keep the manufactured image out there. Um, well, she was well you know? protected too. Yeah, I mean, she really until she turned twenty one, uh, she was very well protected. And I think she went out on her own, and and that's when she screwed up. So when things went public with Justin Timberlake yep. and yep. and all that stuff, and and because I remember also <clears throat> that um, what was the name of their group? They were the Backstreet Boys. Insync. Insync. Yeah. They they were promoting some album, and I had to go to this stupid thing for some reason. And she was there with Justin Timberlake. She right. didn't say anything. She just kind of hung out with the guy or she, down the red carpet. But then while things were mulling around afterwards, she was kind of standing around with uh, another female. And a couple of us just went up and started talking to her. And even then, uh, she seemed a little bit different. But yeah. just, man, about nine years ago or so, she was just very cool and, yeah. and um you know, you, you, you kind of thought, well, she's going to be around for a long time. I think it's all about that controlled, very carefully regimented image. And as soon as the control over the image starts to go, it just all goes to hell. It's like, it's like right. you know what it is? It's like, a, it's like a fat guy taking off his truss. It all just kind of goes, <laughs> it just sort of falls out, and suddenly you go, oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, hey, I promised I would do this. We'll play this, then we then we got a skedaddle here. I'm sure okay, we'll be sure. talking again. But this is, uh, this is uh, another segment of Scotty Drunk that same day. This segment starts with us welcoming another guy to the show, uh, Aaron, our official guest. Let me now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. What? Aaron no, Geek in the no, City of Iran. No. Hi. Hi, Aaron. 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 Scotty, those earphones have to be over your ears to work. No, because it's too loud. Too loud, man. You've got a volume. You've got you a volume. You've your knob. No, I don't even know where my knob is. Next to Naboo. Were you just telling Sarah to shut up about something in the break? Yeah, you were telling me. Why were you telling Sarah to shut up? I thought she should like to listen to me. Does she? Does she listen to you? Never. <laughs> just like all the other women. Like all the others. Have you talked to Mrs. J today? Um, she hates me. <laughs> Would you like another refill? What were you drinking over there? I don't know, but whatever Cheryl last filled with the green male Lucy of the coupon crown, that was great. What was that? Was that English? The coupon what? Um, what the cheese stands who would, you, who would you like to mix something for? Uh, Sarah. Sarah, would you like to mix something? You, you are. Want to make you another tropical thunder dog? Oh, that was a good one. And then you can, we'll, you know, we'll pick the song that you want to drink. Oh, Scotty has consumed another Lunchable. How is that Lunchable? You still feel that they're flawless? It was damn great ham. <laughs> so there you go. A little up, a little pick me up for you on a Monday, Jim. 
I'm conscious. I'm I, I, got, I need that whole thing. All right, I gotta, I'll, I'll, gotta have gotta have I'll email it to you. I gotta have right, that. Enjoy your day, my brother. Thank you. All right. <laughs> It's good to now be back. it'll be played for everyone at CNN, including Larry King. <laughs> it'll be the Jessica Savage tape of the 2007th. All right, hey, when we get back, more from Tim and presents. All right. Ooh. Stay there. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show continues after this. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. All right. Hi, it's the Rick Emerson Show. No time to wait for a post. Uh, like We'll do this like 10-second thing, then Tim Riley, then gifts for all. Well, for some. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Hi, Rick. This is John. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. We miss you all so much. Uh, you uh, had two things you mentioned. Uh, one, who was this uh, nerd person that you, you were talking about in England, and you said... Uh, you sounded like somebody you had great respect for, but you didn't elaborate on who he was for the rest of us. I, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I'm not... You mentioned somebody's name and you were saying something about it. You'd seen this place or something. It was one of the last things you said. Douglas Adams? Yes, thank Douglas, you. D- Douglas Adams, he wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, duh. And, oh, okay. and subsequent fantastic. books. And I found out that I was staying in a hotel like about a block from where he used to live. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. No, it didn't ring a bell right off the bat. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, the other thing was, uh, I was just wondering if uh, some other listener, because I don't know... Uh, maybe you would call us up and, um, you know, randomly let us know what this project is um, that I, I heard rumor of. Ah, the Untitled Mystery Project. I wouldn't know yeah, anything Yeah, I mean, you know, I know that you can't. Well, that you know. may or may not be clarified in the time to come. I, if I were you, well, I certainly certainly don't be checking my website for mention of it. I'm just <laughs> I'm just inviting. If anybody out there has a, is privy to that, maybe they can um, well, we'll, help us along. Well, we'll, we'll look into it, sir. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you. you, my friend. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A jogger up ran a man trying to flash her at a park this morning. The woman was running on the track at Donald Robertson Park in Wood Village with a man dressed in black at the other end of the park. Started running toward her, exposing himself, shouting for her to look at him. Look at me. <laughs> but men are so dumb. Look at my penis. <laughs> Here's a white man between 5'3 and 5'5 five five with a uh, goatee and black hair. He's driving a two-door green sedan. Maybe it's a Honda. Maybe not. He's driving a car? Yeah. Well, he took off after she wouldn't look at his thing. Oh, I That's see. weird. That Wait, how does... how? Well, I guess with a car? car, I guess if you want to show your penis to as many women as possible, a car is the only way to do it. Light rail won't really cut. That. No, I would think like a golf cart. No, oh, that too. Maybe we'll try that next time. <laughs> motoring down like another Segway down the street. Look that, at my penis. That's the end of the news. <laughs> All right. Um, oh. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you want me to hurry up this, don't you? No. No. Oh. And I apologize. Oh, I mean. No, today's so scattered. I apologize for this. <gasps> oh, present. That's why I hurry. I okay, apologize good. in advance for the disparity in the presents, Tim. I, my presents for you are. See what? They're gone. The disparity. There's a. They've more, gone. They're, <laughs> they've gone. <laughs> um, that is great. Those are my favorite kind of presents. They're no, gone. They've, did you eat them? Were no, they favorite? They've, <laughs> they've gone. Actually, is it's funny because uh, we were. Um, when we were in Inverness, it was so damn cold, and we didn't have like our gloves and hat. Like we left. So you wrapped my gifts around you. No, no. So we go to this. <laughs> we go to the shop, and there's a sign saying like, it was like hat glove scarf combination, like eight pounds or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's exactly what I need. Last one. I'll get the last one on the shelf. She pulls it, and it, it claims to be a hat scarf glove combination. Hat and scarf, no gloves at all. And so Laura goes to the woman. She goes, um, hey, this this claims to be a hat scarf glove combination. There are no gloves. And the woman looks at him. She goes. Well, they've gone then. 
<laughs> and then they, like stared at us blankly, like that was it. So when I when he said they've gone, that's kind of funny. No, I I had some presents for you, but I've forgotten. I've forgotten them because I suck. So well, that's all right. Sorry. It's not a problem. All right, I apologize. No, I understand. I owe you the next time I go to London or wherever. All right. All right. Um, let's see. I did. Now this is a joint present for you and Sarah. No, we both get to look at it at once. Yay! I brought you this: a collection of British tabloid newspapers <gasps> and oh. magazines. Ooh. Now there's this: the London Paper. The, uh, the London has, Paper. Which has uh, this is a uh, you know a whole lot of worst. Ba- oh, there was a bank failing while I was there. Oh yeah, the uh, the, the Rock Bank or the, the rock North, bank. North Rock or yeah, whatever it is. Thank you. Also, tabloid magazines. Now, these are sort of like their um, star or, or, well, yeah, but they're slick. You know, they're slick magazines. Featuring such stories as, I've had sex with 3,000 men. (laughs) Here's another one. Um, We're so randy after having our baby, says some chick from a reality show. I'm a 300-pound-a-night virgin escort, says this other one. These are like true confessionals, meat gossip magazine. Mm -hmm. Best one, though. My five-year-old rips off his own skin. Oh, my God. I like that one. Right here. I mean, who put... And it's like in in big, like... And then it says, shocking, underneath it in huge letters. My five-year-old rips off his own skin. So That is shocking. There is... um, Oh, and then this one's just called, Brittany, what the hell's going on? (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah, so... uh, You can have that one first. There you go. You can have those. Um, The... um, the tabloids there are just uh, obsessed with reality yeah. TV stars. Oh, reality TV stars are on every... It's so shiny. Yeah. It's slick. That's oh, what it I mean. It's, uh, It'll get me the bias. No, those magazines over there are obsessed with reality this TV stars. This is called stars. Love It. Yes, yes, it is. Um, okay, another thing. Now, this, I, I was, as a joke, I was going to get for Scotty just like a Starbucks cup. Be like, here you go. Um... The phone booths there are filled with advertisements for phone sex and escorts. Yes, yes. I remember that. Every phone booth is filled with these little paste-ups. My friend had a collection when I was in London there. Scotty, you will appreciate this one. I brought this back for you. This is I'm now. This is me quoting now. This is not the, my lexicon. I'm quoting now from this. Fun erotic time with stunning oriental beauty, it says. Discreet visits to your hotel or flat. You'll love it. And then, like, a picture of said, quote, oriental, and quote, beauty. So there you go. I brought that for you, Scotty. Maybe think of you. Um, all right. And then, so, uh, battered over a spicy pizza. There's some of those. The one about the I've had sex with 3,000 men article is fantastic. All right. So, Sarah, uh, here is what I brought for you. I brought for you. I agonized over this. But I brought for you uh, a CD. This was a uh, bootleg of the Smiths playing Oxford. Oh, my God. Did you get this at Camden Market? I did. Uh, how oh. cool was that, that place? Is, that's my thank you because you're, you suggested going to Camden Market where I bought uh, some shoes and uh, like a How cool thing. is it? It's so, Very cool. It's so busy. And yeah. uh, did you see all the Doc Martens? Yeah, it's like a huge rock, you know, goth street market. Maybe you bought this, the same place that I bought my um, Best of Madness album. It's entirely possible. Is it downstairs? Was yeah. It down- yeah. Yep. Now, how cool is that? So, Thank you so much. Also, uh, they had these great Zippo lighters with the Union Jack. I did not buy you one of those. They were expensive, and my charity goes only so far. Did they have any Diana ashtrays? They did. <laughs> they did. This lighter <laughs> cost a dollar ninety-nine. Here you go. Oh. And it has the Union Jack. So when you look at that, pretend it's an expensive Zippo. Ooh. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> it has lighter fluid in it. Yeah. By the way, that has a huge flame when you press that button. Oh, it's kind of stinky. Right, so there you go. That's Thank you, Rich. Much. Yes. Thank you. Oh, now this was not intended to be a gift, by the way. Um, it was not. This is sort of, now this next thing, this is the final thing. I know it sounds like I just came back with a bunch of crap for Sarah. 
Uh, so I apologize, Tim. Somewhere in like a uh, like a bus station, there's a big bag of stuff for you. Well, we know who rates Man, around and that's here, what, don't we? I swear to God, I had stuff for you guys, and I left it in the airport. Yeah. I lost my <laughs> sweatshirt, and then when I was trying to find my sweatshirt, <laughs> and I lost, and I got, finally found my sweatshirt, and then I lost my bag. It was a gift for someone who was disadvantaged. So you're like you remember to bring these things. I know. So I apologize, Tim. So this is an inadvertent gift. Uh, because now I know that your copy has gone, as the glove would say. It's gone. So uh, a copy of Chuck Palahniuk's Survivor, which I bought uh, to read on the way there. Also, it is autographed. Where did you get that? I just bought it at the bookstore. Are you kidding? No. Like, <gasps> Thank you. I bought, it, I bought it at Powell's, and the only copy they had was an autographed copy. <laughs> and I wanted to read it. So I bought it, and it's autographed. So, oh, that is so cool. So he is the go. greatest autograph, So now you, have, uh, now you have another autographed well, truck. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I saw it on Heather's bookshelf, and she was telling me how much she loved it, so I just didn't have the heart and to And everybody it. here has lent their copy out. Mm-hmm. Court's copy was gone. Your copy was gone. So I bought it. I read it. It's autographed. I don't really want it, so you can have it. You don't so like that go. book? Um, it's good. I just don't, I don't know that I'd read it again. Okay. That's fair. Um, his books are a little bleak and whatnot, and so I've I read it. I don't really know that at some point I'm going to like your um, men eating themselves on the whale ship. Oh, yeah. no, that's that's real. I am a 300-pound-a-night virgin escort. <laughs> Those magazines are fantastic. Get that out now. You Take will that. love them. Uh, I did have a big pile of The Sun magazines, and regrettably I did not. I tried but failed. You know The Sun? The tabloid does not sell merchandise. I tried to buy us merchandise from The Sun. It was going to get us all matching Sun T-shirts. And they don't sell. We called, and we called the office like, hello, the sun. And we said, hi, do you sell merchandise? And he said, for what purpose? (laughs) And uh, we said, because we love your uh, newspaper. And he goes, I do not believe we deal in such items. And then he like... And then he hung up. And then he was like oh. a snooty Brit. So you got to talk to somebody from the sun, and I got to talk to someone from TMZ. Quickly, it's, cool. it's heaven for both of us. Well, uh, I'll tell you tomorrow my story about almost oh, being beat up by oh, a crazy I'm girl, sorry. and well, will we have time when we get back? Will we have time when we get back? Maybe. Because you got attacked by a girl at a club. I completely forgot to. Oh damn! Damn! All right, back after this, the Rick Emerson show. Hey, uh, so things we didn't get to today. Uh, what the hell did we miss last week? And Sarah being attacked at a club in New York. I don't mean to laugh. And almost arrested on and a almo- different day. And almost arrested. That's a guarantee. That's tomorrow. totally a guarantee. Okay, so tomorrow, Sarah almost arrested, attacked at a club. And what did we miss last it week? It was actually don't inside a club. Really? Which was even scarier, yeah. Okay, that's tomorrow. It's a guarantee for all of us, including me. Don't forget, tonight, AM 970 is on site at Circuit City, Jansen Beach, for the midnight launch of Halo 3. That is tonight, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., giving away copies of Halo 3 around midnight, plus playing the game on the big screen. If you purchase a copy of Halo 3 during that time, you're going to get a Master Chief wall graphic as well. And if you join their Gamer Savings Club, you get 10% off video games and accessories. That's tonight, AM 970 at Circuit City, Jansen Beach, for the midnight launch of Halo 3, 11 p.m. Beat it tonight. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, it's Tim Riley, the PA is Scotty J, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Thank you to CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Guider, Jim Roop, and Steve Kastamon, who we had to bump today, unfortunately. Uh, join us tomorrow on the Rick Emerson Show, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like us next, Don and Mike at 7. We'll see you all tomorrow at 11 a.m. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. I'm a 300-pound-a-night virgin escort.